Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Alan Star, episode 65. And today we are sitting down with Drew Galarzo of OMO Motorsports. Drew, thank you, man. No, thank you. Dude, thank you for, for making the drive. What was it, like two hours? About two hours, two and 30 minutes to be exact. So where's that from? Montclair. Montclair. What are I don't even know where Montclair is. What are the surrounding cities? Uh, you probably see Ontario Mills. Oh, most people are used to okay, Ontario. Ontario. Okay, yeah, got we're about you. 15 minutes before, so you pass it. And Damn, that's a little ways, there. man. It's a nice cruise. I uh, I appreciate you uh, coming out here for real, though, man. No, bro, this is dope. Like all this stuff, and it's pretty tight. Dope. So, um, you've been listening to the podcast? Yeah, like every day. Really? <laughs> I guess you'd call it like that. Yeah, it was pretty dope. Um, what's cool is that that like you, the, the way you talk to people and everyone's story, you get a personality behind all of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like to hear that stuff and hear. Yeah, definitely. You know, things like that. I, I think that that's where the the real value is at is because we're all just regular humans at the end of the day, but we all did something different to whether have your own business or uh, what have you, you know, build, yeah. build, build yourself further than just like uh, a nine to five, you know, and oh, I, yeah, I know sure. a lot of people that's, that's their dream. And uh, it seems like you did it, bro. <laughs> so uh, let's get into it already. OMO Motorsports. First of all, what does the name stand for? It stands for On My Own. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's so dope, that, yeah, man. That's, that's where I came up with that. Like, no on way. My own. So I'm a, basically, when I thought about the name, it was it was uh, O-O-M-O. Okay. And I was like, I, that didn't make sense because there was something else I forgot. It was so far along when I came up with the name four or five years ago uh-huh. that I forgot what else I put into it. But it kind of just grew into itself. And... The sucky part is, is it sounds like homo. <laughs> so, so I got a lot of shit for it. Really? Know? And a lot of people would talk me down on it. When I was first getting into the game, start posting and doing shit like that, you know, homo motorsport or whatever. That. No shit. And to me, I took it as positive because I was like, cool, at least you're talking about me. Oh, and hell yeah. 10, 20 other people look into me while they were trying to like two, three or four of them were negative, but they got 30, 40 people that were positive there. Yeah. You know, see the purpose and stuff. So it was pretty cool. That's on my it. own. So you started it four or five years ago? Yeah, when I was 19. 19. Yeah. So when I was 19, wow. I figured out that, man, I, I want to do something. And I was at first, I wasn't even into cars. I didn't even care. I didn't even know what I drove. I drove O2 Nissan Sentra. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, that was the fastest thing I've ever been in. Yeah. <laughs> my dad put a big ass muffler tip on it. And I thought it was the loudest thing and the coolest thing to be part of. I put stickers all over. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. It was just something. I just had a car, you know, and the, the cool part of having a car in high school and stuff. When I got my first job at 17, Little Caesars and driving to school. But that was that was that was it for me. Hell yeah, <laughs> dude. There's so much value in that, dude, is just to, to even have a car when you're that young. You know, it's, it, that's that's the first um, that's the first time of that you actually have real freedom. Yeah, well, little because you got to be home at a certain time. Yeah, uh. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. But no, my dad like the way they had me like grow up into it stuff. I really appreciate all that stuff. So they gave me. They didn't, you know, I worked, but they would keep my check and give me an allowance. So I could oh, really? live off of it, and then at the end, they save my money and then pay on my car, and then boom, you get this reward for that. You know? Yeah. So I didn't know what to do with money. Like I didn't know. When you first get your first three hundred dollar check, you think you're just bowling it. Yeah, you know, yeah, you have yeah. No money, so you know it was pretty cool. That's dope, man. So, um, what? So you had the Sentra. So what? What motivated you into starting the business? Okay, so what? Originally, I was I thought I was going to be in the NFL. I'm not, not going to lie to you. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah, my dude. whole life was my whole life was about football, and uh, I really gave it my all. But my stature, it wasn't happening. Uh, three concussions, broken ribs, fractured yeah. leg. Like man, I I was no I was going I was giving my all. You know, I was really trying, but it didn't. My life didn't pan out that way. So. Well, let's get into that, dude. When did you start playing football? Uh, well, I started late. So in high school, freshman year, mm-hmm. just a small squad to do. And what's so crazy is that nowadays, like 
the way the kids are now, everyone's so smaller. Yeah. So when I was in back in what two thousand eight nine, everyone was stature was bigger. So I was known as a small dude. Yeah. But now, if you saw me now and where high school kids are nowadays, you'd be towering all of them. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I started playing that game, it just was like a stress reliever for me, like the the hitting, the the running, the the feel of it, you know. And that was like, man, I can I could do this as a dream, and to always like I would, I would every time I would play and. I'll be like, cool, there goes number four. This is true. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make my parents proud. I'm going to be no screaming my name way, in the lights dude. and all that stuff. And I remember when I got like my first interception in the game and stuff, man, it was so proud. All my family was there. Of course, nobody recorded it, but <laughs> <laughs> they recorded everything else. Yeah. The one time that they weren't recording, it was just a proud moment. I hold my parents and stuff. They were both there, my brothers and stuff. So it was so pretty cool. So was this like on like a Friday night football game or something? Or? Yeah, it was for freshmen. So it, the freshman actually had a night game. I don't know what on thing that was just playing later in the day that it just happened, and it was cool because we just they gave us our Friday night game as a going out to the end of the year type thing. So yeah. it just happened, and it was pretty cool how it happened. It just like slow motion. That's so <laughs> sick, dude. So you're playing, and uh, did you play all four years? Uh, and I played until my junior year. My junior year, my dad got hit with a back injury. Oh so, wow! He, uh, once he once he went down from work and stuff like that, I had. A, I'm the oldest brother, and I have four brothers and a little sister, and I'm the oldest. Yeah. So when he went down, I had to take a lot of fulfilling the role of the household and stuff like that. So I couldn't play um, that that year because I'd have to work, and that's when I got my job. And then to help. So right after mom. school, you would just have to go to work. Yeah, pretty much. So what was your schedule like? So go to school, get off, and then I would I would either I became a manager pretty quick at Little Caesars. Uh, probably three months into it, they started giving me closing shifts and stuff like that, and it kind of shifted off from there. And then helping my mom because my mom had three jobs trying to do it. And then we were losing our house. And my little brothers are way too small. They're three years younger. So they ain't, they're in no position to like yeah. bring in money or even put that pressure on them. And I don't want them to feel that pressure of adulthood wow. when they deserve to be little kids, you know? Yeah. So I grew up relatively pretty quick to like switch and become into a, a parental role, you know? So once it, yeah, pretty much after I got that job, getting that money and stuff like that. And senior, my dad was like, you know, a lot of hard work and stuff. You gave up. You can enjoy your senior year with the bang and you know do that stuff like that so wow man that's uh that's that's commendable for you to take on that um that role but i get what you mean man when when shit goes down and when things gotta gotta happen it just it just has to happen yeah and, and, and you know it's it is what it is but I, I don't like to look at my mom and see the suffering and stuff like that cause oh definitely she's going through a lot and she survived cancer twice already, so she's still swinging, you know? No way. <laughs> yeah, I just found out a couple of days ago that she's clear. Um, that she's Congratulations, again, man. So Shout out to that, moms. Yeah, and seeing that stuff and my mom, like, never giving up and stuff like that. Like, man, dude, there's no excuses, like, for any of this stuff, you know? Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Wow. And what, where did you guys grow up at? So I grew up in, in La Habra. Uh, we were little kids, and then my parents got together. So my stepdad met my mom when I was about three months. And then my real dad, I didn't meet him until I was 18. Okay. But when they first got together, we were in the back shack of a house and my parents were young and they were, you know, doing their own thing. And then they finally got their own house in Pomona. And this is when Pomona was really still nice. Mm -hmm. And then Pomona, is, is Pomona, Pomona not nice? Not anymore. It's oh, like, really? It, it's like pretty bad. Where one of, um, there was a, there's a girl on the block above us where she was shot and she was killed and there was a lot of gang shootings and stuff, especially where we're being at really now what yeah, age was this there. when you were over probably there probably in an elementary school so until like sixth grade and then seventh grade we moved to ontario where i stay at now mm -hmm. for the rest of my life so um when you when you were a kid did you do you remember like going through tough times i remember with... yeah i used to get bullied in school 
<laughs> really? Yeah, because I didn't have a really big, uh, I didn't have a voice. So I was just like, you know, somebody talks shit to me or whatever. I was very just down, you know, so I would take it to heart more than what it was, what, how I was supposed to react. Yeah. I would just, you know, if they would get mad, I wouldn't react. But it would hurt me in a different way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I held on to it. So maybe very conservative. Yeah, you know no. What I mean? So but then I had my cousin back me up and all that other stuff. And it was, you know. Yeah, that's that's rough, dude. Uh I was actually just talking to uh, my wife Ashley about that. Like, cause um my my son Christian, he's like going through things at school. But, but pretty much it's just like his friends not being r- real good friends, you know, and uh we told him like you're gonna go through that for the rest of your life bro and it's every single stage of your life and and it just depends on your growth you know every time that you grow it seems like you you shed some friends that that aren't meant to make it down that path with you you know what i mean and uh we were just talking and i was like yeah i mean i never really went through that kind of stuff when i was in school because i i didn't even have any friends dude i just always did my own thing man and uh, it was uh it was it was something that that I had to grow into as well. I had to um, be more confident in myself and you know stand up for myself. And it takes a long time, man. And, oh, yeah. and I'm I'm sure you can relate. Like when you're having problems at home and then you see your mom working two three jobs, you don't want to go home and be like, oh, I'm going through these fucking problems <laughs> at, at school. It, no. Like no, nah, you got to just deal with it. And uh, I don't want to say man up, you know, but just t- take that weight f- on on yourself. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you have to just, um, I guess, for anybody else dealing with it, and you you have that whole pressure, and you can't show the sign that you can't handle it. Or, you know what I mean? And you're supposed to, you have everybody's feelings come from this way, this way, this way, this way, and then nobody really asks you about how you feel. You're yeah. just supposed to fill in that gap with all of them. Yeah, and we you know it's just yeah, how you balance your feelings and stuff. You know? So then, um, around uh, junior junior high. You moved to uh, Ontario. Yeah, we came to Ontario. And how was the change? How was things from from Pomona to Ontario? Uh, to be honest, uh, being young and stuff, I really don't even remember. It was a pretty easy transition. Um, I still have my my first friend that I made out here. I still, I man, shout out to Freddie. Yeah, <laughs> I met him at, and and over here, my first uh, was still before they did the transition of what's elementary and what's not. Mm-hmm. When I first moved here. He was the first friend I made and. I still know him very close to this day. So really? Yeah. Just one that's of the guys. sick, man. <laughs> it's always good to have those kinds of friendships. Yeah, you know, that's that... a friend. That's, he's not, he's family. He's yeah. not even a friend. He's just, he's more family, you know? So it's really? Pretty dope. How often do you guys get to hang out nowadays? I just saw him the other day. No way. <laughs> yeah, like all the time, anytime we can get, you know? Yeah. We have those nights where we go out and just hang out and chill and catch up on life and stuff. Yeah. It's good to have those kind of friends, man, where you just build that relationship and it just lasts forever. Pretty you know? much. But, um... Like we were trying to tell my son too, is that you have to be able to evaluate the kind of people that you want to have in your life and what you expect from a friend and what you're going to give to the friends as well as like a, a give and take relationship. Yeah, you pretty know? much you're in a relationship without knowing it, but you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when somebody says like a relationship, you always think of like uh, a significant other, yeah. you know, but there's so there's many relationships. Of, business relationships, friendships, more than, more yeah. than just anything. Everything's a relationship. Like what do you carry yourself as, you know? Yeah, definitely. So you um, you started playing high school or you're playing football in high school. You had to stop junior year. And then is that where it ended at? In the senior year, it was pretty good. Uh, but oh, so you played again I for played senior, senior year? I played senior year. Okay. Um, but I was t- torn apart from it because we were still making the transition to my mom still working and stuff. So I was working playing and was tired and didn't really work out. So when I turned 18, I was like, I'm going to go to college. Cause you know, 
society now you have to have a standard you're supposed to directly out of high school go to college yes 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 you're also falling behind you know and i fell into that trap where i went to school and i tried it at multiple um places to play football like east la college i tried Mm -hmm. there twice and you would have the tryouts and then the three weeks later they tell you if you're on the team or not and i got denied twice you know really I, I, i probably tried maybe six times before I just and all yeah. six times no, <laughs> all six times no. Did they even give you any feedback or anything or um, things that you could work it's on? It's just man. I mean, when you think you're good, you know, there's just so many people that just you just can't, you know, just you just don't stand out like, mm-hmm. towards that. And I don't hate them for it at all. It's just life lessons. Maybe that I was done distracting my time on what I was really supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. Because at that age, dude, I mean, dividing your time into uh, you know trying to be football and and then uh, your job and stuff. That's a lot yeah, of weight so when to I went carry. To college, bro. I had. Uh, I quit my job at Little Caesars, and I got a job as, as a security guard. My mom had got me a job. And back then, it was $10 an hour, which was good. Yeah. Like, unheard of. Yeah. The time you're getting $6.50. So, I got $10. But my problem is that I started at 9 p.m. Oh, to 6 wow. a.m. No way. Yeah. So, 9 to 6, I would have school at 8 in the morning. And for I live in Ontario, to go to East L.A. is about 30 minutes, 40 minutes, give or take, in the morning. So, I get off at 6 in the morning, go home, sleep an hour, and get ready and go right to school. Oh shit! School, and I have my three or four classes, and they're all business classes, uh-huh. so they're all you know helping me. But it's hard to pay attention because after yeah. you know two weeks of doing that, you're dying to sleep and stuff. So after I would do that, I would practice would be right after my last class, and practice would end at seven seven p.m. And I would drive an hour to get through the traffic right at seven from East LA back to Ontario to be at my job site by nine. So when would you sleep? I wouldn't. No Just that morning, shit. a couple of hours a day. So school, football. And I think that's why what committed a lot to my failure is that I wasn't there mentally. Yeah. Like I was I was very, you know, sluggish. I was very tired. I wasn't on game because I didn't have any much sleep and I was trying to work. Because that job was also helping my mom. So I couldn't say, Oh, I'm gonna just quit. Yeah. And I have to go to school and you have to have so many credits to even be eligible to play football. Wow. So you have to maintain all three. You know, so there's really no room. And it, it was my fault to pick to drive so we're so far away, you know. But I wanted to me that was a new start, like branching out somewhere different yeah rather than staying somewhere where i see all local i'm just i'm trying to get away yeah 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 <laughs> i wanted to move and do something different so i met some good friends that i even still talk to now from college and stuff so it's pretty cool was there a lot of bad influences where you were at um not not really there was it was i guess it's i guess it's where you position you put yourself in i didn't i didn't influence into the to the bad part of obviously it's there every day yeah but i didn't i didn't get distracted or get swarmed into that stuff didn't seem like you had any time to. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. So how weird. long did that schedule last for? Four months until I think I, I almost crashed into the center divider three or four times driving. Dude, that's not healthy. Bro. Yeah, no, that's when <laughs> wow. I said I, that's when I gotta get uh, I gotta make a change. That's a schedule, man. Yeah, and that was pretty tough. Dude, four months four months of that, I felt like a zombie. Yeah. I didn't even know who I was anymore. Sitting in class, I was more falling asleep than paying attention. And then, you know, running around trying to ditch your body to do that, your body don't react the same. Yeah. You know, you're 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 deprived of that stuff. But I couldn't let go of the job because that was the money. Now you were um security at where? Uh Kmart distribution center. So oh, okay. where how boring shit. I just checked in trailers. But it was so lonely that I was so tired it almost made me schizophrenic. Really? Yeah, it's like sitting in the in the in the because it had the mirrors and it had the world you were in it. You were looking back at yourself. So it, you were being so tired that you would look out the window and you would see yourself and you would think that you saw something else outside of it. So it'd make you go outside and then you would come back inside and then you would feel like there was somebody watching you because you're the only light tower away from like any type of civilization yeah like because you're just stranded out you're just in the right hand corner of the back of the back and you're the only thing with the light on no 
Oh, shit. So, and you're there by yourself, so, and they give you a flashlight. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, a flashlight I hope it was the, work, the you know? big heavy ones at least. a small one. You know what I mean? They don't give you nothing. You know, they Throw a battery at them. Yeah, but there's nothing you can no do if that place way. was wanted to come around the place, you know? And unfortunately, I lost that job due to me falling asleep. No <laughs> shit. Yeah, I fell asleep on the job. Uh, one night, I was just, man, I was god awful tired. And uh, just happened to be the day with the security guard, the, the, the proctor of the place, so the people who maintain the security guards came around i just hear a knock and i was like oh fuck and i thought it was just another truck driver because i was getting used to the truck drivers coming in they were like hey you know yeah i'll tell them hey you know because outside where my little thing is at the truck drivers would drop their slit off and they would just sit there and chill so i would talk to them out outside i would run around i would practice my little football drills and shit because that's nothing to do yeah so i was practicing while working yeah know? And then do my school stuff, but you weren't allowed to bring a laptop on the site. You weren't allowed to do homework. You were supposed to be there to do your job, which is totally commendable. You're supposed to yeah. do that. So I just had to fall asleep because normally the truck drivers would be like, give me a warning. Like they would be parked in the back. They would honk when they see a truck coming in to wake me up. This time there was nobody there. <laughs> so they came in and what'd they say? They came in. How you doing? I was like, oh man. And I was, you know, they were like, oh, you okay? You know, they, they always play it off nice. I was like, oh, you can. You know what I mean? But they were like, oh, okay, cool. You're waking up, blah, blah, blah. So like, okay, just checking on you, things like that. And then at that time, did you know already? I didn't know who it was. No, did you know that, that you I knew were I was done? Gonna be really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because your main job is not supposed to do it. You're supposed to just be awake. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, you're not knew. supposed to fall asleep. But. And in my head, I'm just going like, man, I probably just let my mom down. I just let, oh, I just lost a lot damn, right now. Oh man! And so then I was like, man, I lost. Yeah, I lost a lot. The money stopped coming, and then thankfully I got another job at Security Thugs, and that was during the morning. Mm-hmm. So I ended up after I got canned from there because they're like, oh, we're gonna let you know when we come back, and then pretty much let you go. How far was the gap from when you lost that job till you got the new job? A couple job? weeks. Oh, okay. I was already on it. I, in my head, I was already applying. I was just telling my mom a different story. Yeah. <laughs> until until recently now, my mom found out as to why I lost that job. To, and what did she say? <laughs> well, you know, she said, you know, because you, you, she could commend what I was trying to do. Hell but, yeah. But the problem is that the dream of football is so far-fetched mm-hmm. to really stand behind it because like there's no way you're really going to ever make it at the percent rate that normally goes into it so what is it what's the percentage dude, I, I, dude, I left football a long four or five years ago i stopped really keeping up with that like living by it yeah now i put all my effort into my business that i i watch football for fun now and i can see it yeah more of a no i can sport. i can only imagine dude that there's so much that goes into that you know at the end of the day it's just a business and these guys are choosing the best employees yeah, yeah. and that and can make the, their business run the reason i found out first wasn't gonna happen was when my my highest peak was in high school and i was supposed to move to texas because my dad's best friend was played in the nfl and he was the um what do you call the the scouter for mm-hmm. texas a&m to go play okay so i had all my shit lined up to go over there and go play they were gonna take me to and then probably two weeks before graduation, I snapped my foot playing basketball with my brothers. No shit. <laughs> I, I, I landed weird. I, 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 my foot swelled up like an ostrich egg. Oh. And it, it, it severely sprained where it didn't break. Uh-huh. But it was, it was damn near broke, almost broken. Yeah. And that, yeah, my foot's never been the same ever since then. It still have problems to us now. Really? Yeah. So Is like, it like within different weathers or just standing? When it's cold or, or t- certain type of shoes, I'm very, I have to use flat-footed shoes now. I can't wear like. Even these Nikes that I'm wearing on now, like they, they have like all that, all, you know, you're supposed to walk on a pillow type thing. Like all that shit just irritates my foot. Really? <laughs> I have to be just like flat footed. Vans is my number one shoes to wear because it's just flat footed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Wow, dude. You've been through a lot of rough shit already, yeah, man. I've been, sing- I've been swinging, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good though, man. You're, uh, it's, it seemed like it would, all of this was preparing you for 
for your business. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I take it all as it is. Yeah. I see like um, a situation is what it is. You know, whatever, whatever happens. I mean, that's that's what it is. And it's it's on you to whether you take it as a negative thing or you try to see any positivity in it as possible. Oh, yeah. It's on the person to decide if they want to have this. It's just going to like ruin their life for them or if it's just you know, okay cool this is just another lesson that i gotta learn and gotta move on from there yeah and and i think what woke me up after i realized i wasn't gonna go into the nfl it was the passing of my cousin mm-hmm. that really like sparked my eyes like to be open because yeah. she was only 20 <laughs> and she died of diabetes no shit yeah and the, wow and the, i'm sorry to hear very, that bro and and the, the i think the most scarring part of it all was that how i found her makes sense uh-huh. So that night prior, she was getting ready to go to work. She lived with us, and she was getting ready to go to work. It was just another day. I was in high school, so I was just, I was just focusing on football. We were going to a family party. We had came in. Um, she normally leaves the lights on when she's going to work, so we just told her bye. And then we come home at, night, at like maybe twelve or one or two in the morning, and the lights still on in the room. And we're like, that's kind of weird because normally that's the hour she works, so there's nobody really home. So we didn't take anything of it. She probably didn't go to work. She probably sleep. Okay, cool. Go to bed. In the morning, my little sister goes knock on the door. She like we do every morning. Hey, you want to eat? You want breakfast? You know, nothing. Okay, cool. She's probably asleep, but she left her laundry in the washer, which was normal. Not and it was already so old that it was dry, wet. Yeah, you know. So it's like that's I've been a couple of hours. So you have to wash it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the afternoon, my mom's like, "Hey, you know, you know, wake up. You're gonna come get it. Nothing." And we're like, either she's really tired or she's not home. <laughs> and, the, and the crazy part is, is that. During that, the light was on. I laid down. And I looked through it to look through the door to try to see what was there. And I didn't see anything. It was black. Like if there was a blanket in front of it. But mm-hmm. the light was still coming out. Which, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, that's kind of weird. You can't really, you can't see through. You can't see what's on the floor. You just see black. Was the door locked? No. Well, it was It was locked. Okay. And she never locks her doors. Because we don't go in. Because it's probably, they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's her in. space. And so we're, five o'clock, my mom's like, dude, I'm over this shit. Like. I'm going to find out like if she's home or not because she's not answering her phone. She's not doing anything. We're trying to wake her up. We're on the window. We're on the door. We're not hearing anything. You know, so it's like almost like she's missing. And so then one day I, my mom was like, just break the lock. It's very easy to get. It's a flathead, uh-huh. you know, so I was like, okay. I went and got a flathead and me and my mom were like, all right. So we didn't know what was supposed to happen. So my little sister and everybody was out playing outside. So we did it when everybody wasn't all there. It was just you and your mom? Yeah, me and my mom. And so I picked the lock and I pushed the door open. As soon as I pushed the door open, she's she's on the floor naked in the fetal position. Frozen. Like blue. No shit. Yeah. And then that, that mental image stays with me like like to like to the T, you know. And I can remember like once that happened, I was frozen at the door. My mom pushed me out. She closed the door and I could just hear her scream now to this day, like screaming for her. Like, you know, Liz, wake up and what the so fuck your mom she, went into the room and she pushed, pushed you out. She pushed me out to close the door and started screaming. So I ran out to call my dad and call 911 and call somebody. And then I was like, dude. And then she was so frozen that if you would have pulled her, you would have broke her arm. Because she was already locked up. And she, you know, she had basically died probably the night prior when we had said bye to her. Which is crazy. <laughs> That's deep, bro. Yeah. And then that, that, I guess when that happened is when I, you know, because she was the, is why, why I feel how the way she felt, because she's the one that held the family together, 
have the perfect smile, the perfect life, always was super happy, never told you any of her problems, always was there for you. But now I think about my life, man, I never really asked her how she felt. Yeah. And that's why I take so much into it now. Like, dude, how do you feel? Yeah. Because that's the last thing I want to do is how, you know, it kind of woke me up to go to all four of my little brother. How you doing? How you doing with life? How you doing with this? How you doing with that? My dad, my little sister, like everybody in my, my whole family, you know, opened my eyes up in a different way, which is nuts. So what ended up happening? What was so, it because of the diabetes? So she had uh, diabetes, the type two, the worst one since she was 12. And so she has to do insulin and stuff like that and all that other stuff. Did she, she have like the, the thing on her or she would no, just No, she have would to, just okay, put herself got you, and got stuff you. like that. So um, I remember one week prior to her death, she was stressed out because she had backed up into a car and caused an accident. Mm-hmm. And um, came from she was tired and stuff and she, she was very stressed out about her car and paying for it and stuff like that because she didn't have very much money, you know. And so then she didn't take her insulin for about a week or something because she thought she could live off of it as long as she stayed away from everything sugar-free. So she didn't want to get the insulin because of the she cost? Was, she, was, she was over-poking herself. Okay. You know, having every day, two or three times a day to stay on it, watch your blood pressure. And, like, you know, nobody's trying to do And that's tough, you know, especially for eight oh, years already. Man. Every day that if you don't do that, you're not going to be around, basically. Like, yeah. how, how do you break that down to somebody? You can't. And you can't make it easier. Every day, three times to four times a day, you got to stab yourself. And especially after dinner, you got to watch what you eat. And you can't live a lot. You got to drink water and everything has to be lettuce and everything has to be. And we know that there's so much good stuff out there that you can't just say yeah. no to, you know. To hit, even have your, your uh, you know, or an horchata or something. Yeah. Or any, I was stressed that, like, something like that. Like, you can't have that because of the sugar levels and stuff. And so, basically, like, so she had had a cold and. She took your basic cough syrup, and that cough syrup had sugar. Yeah. And she hadn't been taking her she shots. Hadn't taken her shot. So she took cough syrup, and um, she was getting ready for work, just like any other day, brushing her teeth, and she had choked herself to death. So the cough syrup caused her to choke, and she choked and swallowed her tongue, and then that's how she died. <laughs> Damn, bro. I'm sorry to hear that, yeah, dude. That's, that's a deep one, bro. I mean, it's been pretty hard to talk about a lot, because she died in 2010. So, damn near nine years already, but it feels like yesterday I could hear the sirens pulling her out and all that other stuff, you know, very vividly. Dude, it's it's crazy when you get older, it's like 10 years is really nothing. Yeah, it's really you nothing. Know, back like, in the day, it was a lot. Yeah, now it's it flashed by so quick. And that's how, like, me, I don't like closed doors, locked doors, no more. Because even now, anything's the smallest when I go to the shop or when I see anything locked door or closed behind, I, I imagine the worst behind that door. Like, naturally, like, I don't try to. That's why, like, and around anything where my daughter goes or my girl's at or i just i don't lock the door yeah i'll freak out like i'll get mad at you like if you lock the door or something because if i can't get to you that quick i know that that split second is what matters you know so that almost it i don't believe in locked doors yeah closing the door like you should be no reason to close the door yeah you know what i mean like that I just especially freaks, in your home freak, yeah it just freaks me out now yeah you know i mean i don't like that you know and the kids they always want to you know they want to lock the door because they want their privacy you know i even tell christian like don't lock the door when you go to the restroom or you're in the bath or in the shower dude yeah, like anything can happen yeah you know, stuff no we're uh we know that that's your privacy this is your private time but what you need to know is that if we hear something you know hear you slip or something like we don't know what's good and there's been a couple instances where we're knocking on the door and he's not saying anything but he's just in his own world you know showering playing with his toys or something like that but yeah i I totally get you man that's wow that's an that's an experience dude have um have you ever like talked to a therapist or anything like that? Not really. Um, I just kind of my therapy is just now taking in all those life lessons. 
yeah and, and then helping the next my brothers and everything because i worry about their feelings because they were young to see all that mess stuff go on and stuff like that you yeah know? and to you know i worry about them and how they do because i know mental issues that, that some people are more weak than others and yeah can't, some people to me when i handle that oh, okay cool i can move on I, I can swallow that i can take that you know i'll take it and move on so to me something like oh just let it go is different to somebody else's let it go you know what i mean they just so now i just spend my time checking on everybody and stuff like that you know but i've never really seen a therapist or anything like that really yeah i've i've, I've been looking into it like i want to start going to a therapist because um you know, like the the stigma is it's just for somebody who's not right in the yeah. head and they have they have issues and they don't know how to deal with them. But I have a, a, a really good friend that's a business owner as well. And he's like, and plus I listen to a lot of podcasts and really it's like, um, it's like a, um, exercise for your mind. You know what I mean? Is he, like I, I can understand what kind of person you are. You know, you're a strong person. And you want to deal with stuff and you want to be the rock for other people you know but just uh, i'm sure you do just like myself is like sometimes there's a lot of stuff that i go through and it's not it's not like it's it's oh shit my wife's cheating on me or something it's like dude i have so much shit every single day that i have to figure out what to do that it just it gets stressful oh yeah for sure. you know and that weight and it's it's kind of hard to just and i don't want to put that weight on anybody else you know i don't want to put that weight on my wife i don't want to put it on my family or anything like that because you know that's my weight to carry I I made this my life. I made this my decision that okay, I'm going to be a business owner. So I I kind of um set myself up for these quote unquote problems that I'm going to have. But it it's always good to talk to somebody about it. And like I I've been wanting to do it. It's one of those things like kind of going back to the gym too. Do it's one of those things I've been <laughs> wanting to do, but I haven't yeah. I haven't really made it. Um something that that i need to do and i and i really need to do that man and i don't say that you got to go go talk to somebody because <laughs> you got issues or whatever but i think it would really help out a lot um just to be able to talk to stuff talk about things with people that have no connection with you that have no no feeling towards you and it's just like just a release yeah you know what i mean right. and i want to look into that too um damn bro that's that's a heavy one man yeah you know but the, the reason I could take it so easy is because I worked through it myself. Like, yeah. I just learned it myself because I, you know, I, I don't I don't smoke or do drugs or anything like that. I, I drink, but, mm -hmm. like, I don't have a good time. It's when it's chill. I don't, like, drink because I'm depressed or nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But during that time when all that happened, I took all that up heavy. Really? Yeah, I let my, my grades go down in school. I, I barely graduated. I, I barely picked it up in the end to pass with a D minus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, barely to graduate. But, you know, I started smoking and doing things right on my realm and I don't like I don't like feeling out of my head like so smoking I don't like to feel out of my my natural state like to make a yeah. conscious decision you know because I always I always like to be ready for like anything yeah anything, straight leveled head like anything but you know so um damn man rest in peace to your uh your cousin man what well, sucks is that three months prior to her passing when my grandpa passed away <laughs> <laughs> really and my grandpa was a real hero like he was he, man he he survived like four heart attacks three strokes and he was swinging how old half, was he he was like 76 or something like that and only half of his body worked uh-huh did and, he have a stroke yeah he had four of them so half of his body stopped working he couldn't talk he couldn't write everything was on only his left side worked and he was right-handed mm -hmm. so he man he made it a miracle to learn how to teach himself to write so he can talk to you but he mm -mm, you know what i mean 
but uh, at, later on towards the end of his life he started like talking like teaching himself after doctors say like he's not gonna learn he's pretty much just really? go and stuff like that and he man he was willing himself left-handedly writing to you saying i love you and stuff man it was crazy so when he let he, he died it was man it was pretty heavy and then three months later it was like 2010 was just boom boom you know what i mean it was a one, rough two. year huh <laughs> one two and then 2011 when i graduated and stuff like that that's when i started my whole venture everything else you know so uh yeah let's get back into the business stuff of it man um what year did you start it uh i want to say 2012 or 13 so what what motivated you to go into automotive business so okay so, so you had the camry right i had the centra centra okay yeah, centra so and then when i had met my real dad he gave me uh a stick shift Celica, an older one. Not even the cool one. <laughs> the one with the ugly big headlights. Yeah. So I can't remember what year. It was just ugly. You know, these big ass 23-inch chrome rims on it. And it was stick shift. And it, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. It's all he had. You know? Yeah. So he gave it to me. And uh, I didn't know how to drive stick. So I told him, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with it. Because I don't know how to drive it. And so he had took me around the block once and said, one, two, three. All right, follow me. I was like, that's it? He was like, yep, follow me. So I just, you know. <laughs> grinded, grinded yeah. And, and, and I grinded every gear around the block until I could follow him. And then it took me about a week to get the car from uh, Pasadena back to my house because I was so nervous to drive it. So when I had made it onto the freeway, I didn't even know where fourth gear was. I didn't know where any of the gear was. I got it into fifth gear and I left it there. And I remember traffic was coming up and I was with my buddy. I was like, dude, we're going to stall out and die or something, bro, because I don't know what gear to put in. <laughs> and um, thankfully, the traffic was only a minor hiccup where I still could go through fifth just slow. Yeah, just yeah, slow. yeah. Just and crawling. I, I, and I made it up home and stuff. And yeah, that was a whole nother thing with that. But yeah, and then after that car, he had got me a 1990 Acura Integra. And then that's when it started it off. So VA. was he, um, you said you met him when, when you were 18. 18. Mm -hmm. So was he uh, like physically not around? He was somewhere else or you guys so just didn't? My, my my mom and my dad, my, my mom, and I thank her for this, is that she saw the type of life that my dad was providing, which was not a good one, you mm -hmm. know, drug and stealing and, and that whole fast life. Got one, two, you. three, one, two, yeah. three. You know, I know somebody get through this and rob this and all that other stuff. And my mom didn't want to let me grow up in that. She didn't want to be around that type of life. She didn't want, you know, so she basically told him, like, dude, I want nothing from you. you know really? I mean? I'm going to take my son, I'm going to raise him, and I, don't, I just want you to leave. And... Growing up, I always ask about him, like, you know, little when I was little, she would tell me, like, oh, do you want to meet him? I'm like, yeah. And then she'd be like, why? And I'm like, I just have questions. I just want to know. Like, I just want to know at the piece of my head, like, who my dad is. That's mm -hmm. all. You know, it wasn't nothing towards to say you're wrong for doing that. I just want to know who the guy was. Yeah. And so at 18, when he had got a hold of me through Facebook, um, at first there was a lot of feelings going through it because he was like, hey, you know, if this is your mom, so-and-so, you know, I'm your dad. And now the first thing I said is you're a piece of shit, you know. You told him that? <laughs> yeah, I told him. Oh, shit. I said, I said you're not my dad because my stepdad came in when I was three months old. So yeah. I commend him for that. Like, I appreciate everything. Like, he, that's my dad. Yeah, definitely. Know? But there's no other way to label my dad other than that, my dad. You know? Yeah. So when he had messaged me and stuff like that, I said, no, you're not. You're just, you know, you're the sperm donor. Like, I don't fuck with you. You know what I mean? Like, fuck you, you know? Yeah. And at times I told myself, you know, my uh, my mom had raised me to be better than that. So I'd say, you know what? Like, I had a lot of questions. I can't just throw that away. So I told you, you know what? I'm sorry. Um, you know, obviously, you're my dad. I want to get to know you. We can meet up and go have lunch or whatever. So he had showed up at uh, his girlfriend, and we met up at, I think, Red Lobster or something like that. And we went to go eat. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> did you know? No, no. I just I didn't even know. I was just No, like, did he, like, look like you or anything? or No, thankfully not. <laughs> I look more like my mom. So, so, it was, uh... so when I met him, it was kind of awkward and stuff because he didn't. I think he was still a kid, you know, even being 40 or something. It was like... It... 
mentally i could like what made sense to me didn't make sense to him gotcha, so, yeah. you know what i mean like I I, in my you. head i'm like dude how do you not grow up yet you yeah know? but he's still living that fast-paced life and spending and out of jail and stuff so when i met him for that first three months um when i told my mom that i met him and my, my stepdad they weren't having it really yeah they were not they were they didn't want me they didn't want me to be part of his life um they didn't want him you know to know where we lived or get involved in it or anything because they had worked you know 20 years to pretty much 18 years to yeah. keep out of my life that i just let the door open you know what wow. I mean? So from the time that you got the message to um, when your mom and stepdad found out, how far was that? Uh, maybe two weeks after. Because okay. I, I, I had prepped myself and I asked my aunts and I asked my grandma and everything, like, what they thought about my dad before I just hit up my mom. And, you know, they were like, dude, you got your dad. You know, that's your responsibility. You know, you could do what you want. If that's those answers you want, you deserve to have those answers, no matter how your mom feels. And I was like, yeah, but my mom raised me. I, I respect her feelings. I don't want to let her down or put her in any type of awkward situation. Yeah. So when my grandma told me, she's like, your mom's going to learn to get over it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That you're just going to learn to like respect you for it. Like that's your dad. She made the choices to make that your dad. You didn't. Yeah. So you shouldn't be punished to not know who that is. So I was like, that's fair enough. You know, I didn't choose for him to be my dad or yeah. I didn't even choose to be here. Yeah. 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 I feel you. <laughs> you know, so when I met him and I told him and he, they gave me that car and stuff like that, um, there was a lot of tension in the house. So I ended up um, living living out of the car. Yeah, because a lot of tensions at the house. So you meet him, then you guys develop a, a relationship. Yeah, more of a friendship. Okay. It was just like it was like you're my son. I you know I know you, but I don't really know you. So I was like, okay. So when I told him that, my parents were feeling a little hostile about the situation. I just felt like you know very like abandoned in the house. Like I felt like I was just bugging them because I did that. You know, so I was like to relieve myself from that, I just moved out. And what they 18, say at that you know? time. Pretty much you're going to figure out how hard the, the world is, how cold it is, you know? And I was like, you know, so be it. <laughs> so they were just mad because of uh, that you went to go meet him and you got a car? And yeah, because they, that I was, he, he gave me a car and, you know, pretty much they were like, you know, how can you think that that's going to make everything right? That you were gone the last, you know, 18 years, you just throw him a car and that's, you give him a piece of shit. That's yeah. what you give him, you know what I mean? And, you know, that's what he had. But the, until I got to meet his life, you know, I met my grandparents at their side, at his side and all his aunts and stuff, you know. So I met them for the first time because I was his only kid. I was, mm -hmm. I'm, the, I'm the only boy out of all their whole family on that side mm -hmm. and that he had you know so when i met him and stuff it caused all that tension i ended up just moving out and i, I would live at the park and streets and shit like that and my little acro integra no <laughs> shit yeah and i just you know and i, I didn't I, I remember i didn't talk to my brothers or my family at least three months, three months what were you feeling at that time um I guess I use that anger of stuff like, why would you be mad at me for trying to learn to like motivate me? It's like, oh, I'm going to show you that I can still be all right. And, you, you know, we'll, we'll commend things later. I you feel a certain way. I feel a certain way, you know, so I don't hate you for it. I'm just going to take my time to learn and develop and, you know, do my own thing at the moment. And I remember one time, like I was driving that little Integra, and I, I I was feeling so much emotions that I just I, I just wanted to go fast. And the car, you know, it's, not, it's as fast as what it is going to yeah. be, you know, so I drove on the freeway. Hit 120 as ma as fast as it can go, and the sunroof the the fucking sunroof flew off. <laughs> <laughs> it just blew off, you know. <laughs> so I have no window. I was just like in my head, like, oh man. And I was like, how does that even happen? Because it wasn't even open. <laughs> oh and, shit! So I hear this loud smack. It smacks the wing in the back, and I'm like, what the fuck was that? You know, because it was slid up closed, and I was like, that's weird. Oh. Just because it's you know on the DA is it's flat, it's not even up. There's not even air that gets into it. It just flew off. I was like, oh well. Oh shit. Yeah, and then I uh, 
as I'm driving, I get off the freeway, I pull over somewhere. I'm like, dude, what hit my car? What flew off? And I'm like, dude, I can't find out what it is. And then I look and I see just a little sliding part that you move. I'm like, oh, my fucking window's gone. <laughs> yeah. And thank God it was like three in the morning where the freeway was dead. It wouldn't hit nobody. So it hit yeah. Nobody. You know, it wasn't like traffic or nothing. It was dead. Fuck. And then that week, um, or no, actually the next day, the fucking weather came and it started raining. And you were that's just. What changed my, that's the day that changed my life that I tell people nowadays really turn my life around because i was running around with people that didn't care for me i was spending all my little money that i had on shit that didn't matter and then i had 20 dollars to my name with the car with fake insurance so and this is you you left the pad my, yeah and you're just like i'm I on worked, my own i worked at ups a bullshit job um just like three or four hours every every like three days a week uh-huh. so i was making like maybe 160 dollars every week you know what i mean like nothing, yeah no that ain't shit you know so when i would take that money i would blow it and drinking and just Pretty much withering my life away because I didn't care. I didn't know how to handle the emotions and stuff, you know. Were you staying with people? Or? I was safe with friends from here to here, but a lot of times I didn't want to put that responsibility yeah. on them. You know, like their family, they're trying to take care of them, and they barely have enough room for their own family. They're not gonna take another, you know, stranger kid. And they did what the best they could, but you know, I went with my aunts for a little bit and stuff like that. But I was like, you know, I just want, I want to figure it out. You know? So, do you think at, at this time, like, if you would have uh, handled situations differently, you could have uh, made amends with your with your parents? Or, I think it was supposed to happen the way it was supposed to, and and then like I like I tell you, the day that it was raining is the day that I just sat there and I, I I evaluated my life, all the people in my life, the things I was doing for people, and what I was where I was going. And at that point, how long had it been since you've been on your own? Uh, probably I want to say like six months. Wow, that's yeah, a good just, amount of time. Yeah, just man. going through living at you know, I would just park in um. One of my buddies, they live in a, a mobile home, so I would park there and sleep in that part of reserved parking for them, so I wouldn't get kicked out. And what about showering and such? Go to their house when their parents are gone and go take a shower real quick and, you know, hop in, hop out and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So I would just do whatever I do to get by, you know. Did your uh, mom and stepdad ever reach out to you? They didn't. And I didn't want them to. We would talk through my aunts. You know how it goes. You know, oh, tell, yeah. you know, tell I'm doing fine. You know, how's he doing? I'm doing good. You know, yeah. you're really suffering, but you don't know. You know, and I guess that's where it taught me a lot of my ego and stuff to yeah. really step down and really say, you know, you're sorry and stuff. So after that day when it had rain and stuff, I really thought about my life. I'm sitting in three inch full of rain. Like my car's getting soaked. The rain's just pouring through this thing. I have, you know, cardboard on top of it. I got rags and stuff, but it's just pouring on me. I'm just laying there, just laying in rain. My car's getting all wet and. Smells like mildew and piss and all my clothes and all my shit's wet. Like all the gaskets are loose. So literally there's nothing stopping this water coming in. I'm just getting poured on. And the next day was a brighter day after I had sat there for, you know, those hours of thinking about my life. And what kind of stuff was going through your head? You know, the type of things, what I was choosing to do with my time, where I was going, where I was hanging out, who I was choosing to be influenced by and what, you know, because after that, I had asked my dad for a little help, but his his houses, man, were like trap houses for real, you know, like he had three, he had houses that were four stories because he had buried two different things downstairs. Yeah. And he had people, you know, and the living room was normal. So he had he like had two fucking, story basement. Yeah. And then he had uh, upstairs where he made the attic an actual room, a headquarters room, like the legit full on room. So when you walk into the house, it looks like a normal house. Sofas, TVs, la la la. So if you were to go investigate, you couldn't even see back down stairs leading to the back to the bottom. Oh shit. Like legit full on, like he was part of this thing. I forgot what it was, and nor was I trying to get into it. But yeah. man, he used to make calls and call people and like, hey, there's gonna be this. So they would make a scene here and the police would get distracted and then they would go hit. 
cool, come back. And then go hit and, you know, and he was like the head coordinator of that shit. You know what I mean? He yeah. Everybody, you know. And when I first pulled up to his house, um, the, the guard, because he had a guard at his house, you know, <laughs> oh, he was like, what the fuck are you doing here? Who the fuck are you? You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm in the wrong place. I was like, yeah, hey, I'm looking for my dad. Who's your dad? And I said, oh, you're so-and-so. And then he was like, oh, shit. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> if I would have told him, like, hey, you got to treat me like shit like that, he would have got rid of that guy. Yeah. You know, quick, because my dad was like somebody. I don't know who he was. I don't even know how the whole life works. Nor do I even try to get Yeah. Him. You know what I mean? So I just like, okay, that's cool. Like, I guess my dad's somebody here. You know what I mean? So he had showed me the house, and you could see it all organized, man. You now, can... what type of neighborhood was it? Pasadena in the hills. Okay. So it was a nice, nice area. Yeah, you would you would drive right by it, look like a beautiful house. So it wasn't weird to have it a was, security out. It wasn't even security; it was just like a normal dude hanging outside the bench oh, okay. smoking a cigarette. Oh shit! You know, so he looked like a neighbor. Uh huh. Just pretty much just a neighbor, just outside, like oh, every day I got waters of grass. You know what I mean? You wouldn't like think anything mm-hmm. of it. And it was just quick, one, two, three, every time that they were always doing shit every night. Wow. So did your your pops just took you in there and just showed you it's, around? Yeah, or? he showed me around and he he uh he said, This is where you're gonna sleep at. Here's a forty and uh chill. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck am I gonna do with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Here's Man, a pillow, here's yeah. a forty, uh yeah. <laughs> anything you need. Yeah, everything's in the fridge. And I look in the fridge, there's just more forties. There's nothing <laughs> to drink. <laughs> I was like, I was like, like, I don't drink any of that stuff, nor do I I have ever tried any of it. So I try out like, man, that's just nasty. Oh, you know, wow. so the house, you know, you know, frozen pizzas and small TV dinners and some bullshit like that. Yeah. Had, you know, but at that time he didn't have like funds or he had money, but his money was spent somewhere else and he didn't know like how, he, I was basically old enough where he said he didn't have to feed me, you know, because I mean? oh, you're not a kid anymore. You're, yeah. You're 18, you're 19. You can know how to get some fucking food. Yeah. So he would give me, you know, 20, 30 bucks and say, all right, go figure it out. Go do what you want to do with your day and then come back if you want to, you know? Yeah. So you're on your own six months. Rainy day happens. Then yeah, then my my buddy, my buddy Freddie, got a job at McDonald's, and I was like, cool. He got me a job there, and I worked at McDonald's for five years. Mm-hmm. Five years. I would uh, after I I wanted to get into the cars, I got my DA. I, I want to fix it up. So I would go to um, these little distributor places, Santa Fe Springs out here. All of meet these people and buy wholesale from them. And I only made let's say six hundred dollars and like per month. Cause I was getting very little hours. So I would take a hundred dollars, which is all I had left, which was a lot back then when you have nothing and not going to have money for the next two weeks. I would take that hundred dollars. I have my little postal bin, mm-hmm. go to these places, buy lanyards, air fresheners, shift knobs, ever cheap. Boom, boom, go out and flip it, make one fifty, buy one fifty, make 300, mm-hmm. 300, Just keep flipping. make that basket more and more and more. You know what I mean? Keep on flipping. And I remember every time somebody bought something from me, I would go to take it to the door and then I would have a 30-minute conversation with them. Yeah. Saying, hey, thank God, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate you, you know, supporting me wow. and actually trusting, you know, giving your money and, you know, to come and service and work with us. And, you know, and the, most of those customers nowadays still talk to me now. Really? a relationship four or five years later. Because they could see, you know, I would, like I was doing it out of passion but and not out of a place that I was just, you know, dark from. Like I was really just like, dude, I'm going to make, I like cars. I wanted to fix my car. I'll go to these car meets and see how they were and. You know, back then I was trading subs and stuff for rims, you know, trade this big ass sub that my dad would give me and buy some wheels for my car or just trade it, you know, mm-hmm. just so I can have some rims or a bike rack on it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's how I wanted to fix it. And I was like, if I can, all these people were willing to support me, I can do that while building my car while helping them build theirs. I can make that a business. 
So how were you even getting these customers? So I would go out on Facebook, post okay. ads, and I would post up these shift knobs, all these things for sale, these lanyards for sale, whatever. Just on your personal Instagram? Personal Facebook. Before Instagram. Or, was or Facebook, yeah. excuse me. Yes. Yeah, Facebook. Facebook was the biggest thing like four or five years before mm-hmm. Instagram even became a thing to post yeah. a story on. You know what I mean? So Facebook was my biggest thing. I would meet those people and then go get them 30, and then they would tell their friends, and then I would hit up UTI, which was basically every type of race head that wants to be into parts is going to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would hit up some people from there, and then they would tell their friends, and all of the UTI would start coming and hitting me up. So you would just post like, hey, I got a shift knob, and then someone would just send you a message like, hey, yeah. I want it. Okay, where let's meet up at McDonald's or whatever, and then... I would tell them to meet at my McDonald's where I work. <laughs> really? So every time I would run away from a manager, go outside and make a sale real quick, come outside. Damn. And then every time a car like came fixed up to the drive thru I'd be like, hey, bro, how you doing? You know, you like your car? Like, Hit me up. I'm not not that, not my whole life. I'm going to be here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll hook you up, you know? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They always just blew me off because I'm working at McDonald's, basically. You know, but I would tell them all the time, like, you know, I'm not going to spend all that. I would tell every, every one of my managers, my friends that, that were in McDonald's, that I... You know, because I wouldn't take that job serious. I would do good at it because, you know, whatever. But what I needed, but I always told all of them, I'm going to be something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is just a stepping stone, but just, you know. And so now, looking at now, they're, oh, now I believe you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, back afterwards. Then, back then, it was a lot harder than that, you know. So doing that, I would, you know, sling parts at McDonald's in my trunk. And I would store everything in the trunk of my car. And then um, when did you when did you get your quote unquote break? Like, do you just kept flipping? And then so, what was the next step from there? So after my business partner at that current time, uh, me and him were we figured out that we're better off friends than business partners. So we basically, just, it was you guys were both putting your money together, and, and yeah. So he we would um, I just met him out of nowhere. Well, we were part of a car crew, and then he was the leader of it, and whatever. So we became friends mm-hmm. and he was he showed me this uh, that's what he wants to do with his business blah blah blah. i'm like dude let's go let's go work for each other and then we got a job somewhere and my job was to dismatch the car so i'd take cars apart prep them get them ready for paint body and take the whole cars apart and do the back do the shit nobody wants to do all the boring stuff take tabs off and yeah yeah put yeah. the tabs back together build a car back up you know so me and him met and then um, he would take care of all the business side of the clients i would just be the labor guy and so i like that position better because in my head i was just watching so I was watching people around me, how mm-hmm. he was as a business person or how the guys were treating him or anybody in the game. I was just the shadow. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really speak up. And then one day we, we sold our first coilovers, uh, some guy in San Francisco. It was on a Friday and he needed them for a show. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, I'll buy them from you if you guys can make it happen. And the show's on Sunday. You ain't going to get parts. Yeah, you got to go drop that so shit So me and my off. buddy dropped everything we did, bought them and fucking drove to San Francisco. No shit. Yeah, that was our first coilover deal. We drove seven hours to go drop it off to his front door wow that was the type of commitment i had for it like dude i got in my my car and by this time i had bought a 09 civic lx which uh-huh. i had for the next five years which is the car that everybody like knows me by yeah so i got i told him let's get in the car and we're out of here you know what i mean and i think we made like 150 dollars on it uh, at the end of the day the profit at the end of the day, but all of it went to gas in the hotel <laughs> so you so didn't, didn't make, make anything shit, on it you know what i mean no but it was the the, the actual experience mm-hmm. and the, the thankfulness from that guy that actually what did he did. say it was just like, man, dude, I can't believe you guys drove just eight hours for me to get some coilovers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then um, it was pretty cool. So I just can't believe I drove seven hours. We just hopped in. Literally, as soon as he paid us, like, the money, and we just le- literally left wow. 40 minutes and grabbed our shit and left over there and dropped it off to him. And the unfortunate part is we got pulled over because my Civic was sanded down, no front bumper, like, beat up. You know, I didn't have a tail light in the rear. I couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. But my car was in mid paint that I just pulled it out to drive it over there, and um, so he had uh, we had got pulled over by uh, San Francisco PD, 
because I made a wrong turn, I just did it twice. And so the cop was like, that's suspicious why you did it twice. Yeah. <laughs> but my buddy hadn't gone to court for California, so they thought he was running away. So they arrested him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they arrested him, and I was in San Francisco by myself. I have no money. He has the money. They took his money, his wallet. He couldn't give me shit. They didn't want to give him nothing. They didn't want him to give me nothing. Yeah. Because they were all, it's all evidence. Like, what do you, you know what I mean? Like, nothing. Like, he had all the money. So I was stuck with no money in a bank account, and I uh, got a half a tank of gas. That ain't going to make me no, no, yeah, yeah, back yeah. to California in eight hours. I'm not going to make it to there, you know? So they arrested him. I stood around for eight hours, San Francisco, driving around, looking around, like, man, what the fuck am I going to do? You know? And this time I wasn't really talking to my parents. What year was this? Uh, 13, 14. Okay. So it was during that time where it was just, yeah, it was crazy. Thankfully, a girl I was talking to at that time had helped me with her mom. And we were friends. And so she had told her mom to give me some money in a bank account. And she funded me to get back. And how long was your buddy in jail for? He was there for a week and a half, two weeks. Oh, shit. Yeah, because he had to pay his speeding ticket. That's <laughs> that, it. That, that's that a he, speeding ticket. Yeah, but he he had, didn't go to court, so they call it as a warrant. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So something stupid as that, they they make you go for something like that, you know? Yeah. And so he had stayed there for a week or so, a week and a half, and then after that, like the unfortunate side of business, when I had started getting all the calls from all these people that we were doing business with, I had no knowledge of. But they weren't getting their they product. weren't getting their parts. But they were paying this guy this money, and they weren't getting their parts. Damn. And then they were calling me because they were, you know, I was his partner. I should have known. Yeah. I didn't know shit. I'm like, dude, like, I have honestly not no idea what you're talking about. I'm just the installer, the painter, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the prep guy. Like, that's all I do here. I don't even know what the hell's going on, what you're talking about, or when he even bought it. Hmm. So I think that was the biggest wake up call for me and him to be like, okay, cool, you know, like, you know, now we went on, we went on a, a couple of years where we didn't talk because I held that grudge against him. Like, dude, how yeah. can you do me like that, you know? And then after a little while, it comes after he hits me up and we talk about it. Just, you know, we work things out. You know, I just say, hey, you know, you're good as you're good as a friend. Yeah. I, you just can't, you know. So when did that happen when you guys parted ways? Was it like right away? Right after all <laughs> yeah, that the happened? First week and a half when all these people are calling me pissed off at me and stuff. Because he like, can't answer the he phone. He can't answer. <laughs> so he's missing basically to everybody. Oh, shit. And so now I start getting all the heat from it, you know, and I'm like, man, dude, I didn't even know any of that stuff was going on. So what happened with all that stuff? Um, I had, I had, uh, for the most part, most of the people, I took care of them. Mm-hmm. So I got some money from my McDonald's and I would buy them the parts and I would give it to them. Damn. So Dude, was there a number, like a total of what? I don't even remember. It was just, it was just a lot of, and other people I couldn't, I couldn't afford to pay them back. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have that type of money or even though they paid that much. Yeah. You know, so for the, the ones I was able to save, I did save. And the ones that wasn't able to go, they could hold on to that hardship of, you know, obviously they trusted, yeah. you know, me, they put me in the mix. Which I, I was hanging around with them, but I, you know, yeah, that's why I strive so hard now to repeat to people like, dude, you know what I mean? Like that, that was five, six years ago, you know? So this is 2014. Yeah. And you're still not communicating with your family? No. Where are you staying so, at, at well, this time? So basically I was with uh, on and off friends. Okay. So I was with friends. I would party a lot and pretty much... Before I even focused on 100% of the business, because it was just there, something to make side money, I would just bullshit and, you know, mess around with friends and we would go drinking and fall asleep at apartments and shit like that. And yeah. Wake up and go to work. <laughs> and you just did that for a few years? For a couple of years. And then I was like, dude, I really just got to start this business. Because then after that, the business started getting a little bit more noticeable and stuff like that. I'm like, cool, I can make, I can do something if I follow it, you know? Yeah. So then after that, I met my buddy 
my buddy Clay, um, he used to sell me parts when I was in high school. So when I was first fixing up my car, he had a little shop. And um, back in the day, he had a big shop, CNC Motorsports, off the 10 free with a big one, big ass one. And so now he was at this small shop, and uh, he had put up a post on Craigslist back then when Craigslist was good before Off Rub. And yeah. And then he was like going out of business, you know, everything's for cheap. So I was like, cool, I have 300 bucks. You know, I can go flip something and go buy it. So I went by and went to go buy a couple of things, blah, blah, blah. Then he was like, hey, give me your card or I'll give you my card. You know, if you ever need anything, you want to do wholesale stuff, I'll still hook you up. I'm going to just go to this other little small shop and, you know, if you want something, you can wholesale through me or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. So, because then I'm starting all my relationships fresh. My, my homies locked up and I'm in McDonald's and I have no connections. Like all the people he would deal with in Santa Fe or that we were wholesale with, he was just over there. Yeah. So, I met him and then he, I was buying from him and then every day just... He would tell me, he's like, hey, bro, like one day, you know, you're going to have to let go of that McDonald's if you want to really make this a business, you know, because that you're, I would work McDonald's five in the morning till two mm-hmm. every day. So I'd have to get up at four, get there by five, wait till two, and then fucking be tired, like just be out of it. Because yeah. I would go to a car meet that night, so stay up till 11, 12 o'clock, meet people, go to bed by the time it's two, and then wake up at four. So every day I was just countlessly tired. Yeah. Over and over because I would go to these car meets, I would start a car crew. Get all these people, hook them up all the parts, and then go from there. And then one day, finally, the break came when he hit me up and he said, hey, you know, you remind me of me when I was younger. Why don't you just work with me? And so he was like, I'll let you post up the shop. I'll let you, you know, use this place as your own place. And where was this at? It was in Upland. Okay. And it was cool because it was only a 15-minute drive away from my McDonald's job. So he was like, come here or send customers here, and uh, I'll take care of them. Just tell me what you have written up and stuff like that, and I'll give you some credit for it. Mm-hmm. Whenever you sell through here, you get like a commission. So I was like, cool, I don't have to, I have this, I could stop buying now. Yeah. I could just basically post all this cool shit for yeah. sale. And then and if somebody buy bites, it, then they okay. go straight over there and make the deal and I get a little commission. If he's making, if he gets it for 30 off, you'll get it for 10 off or whatever. Yeah. And you make the 10, whatever the number is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How big the item was. But you didn't have to stock anything. I didn't have to stock. Yeah. And I had a place to show them that they can go to. That was the big difference because a lot of times people don't want to trust people when you know you're out of your car or whatever. Oh hell yeah! Out of nowhere, yeah, definitely. There's no warranty with it. There's no, there's no, there's nothing. How do you Mm -hmm. even know you got it? You know what I mean? So once that happened, it it just exploded. Once I got that that place and I promoted that stuff, I worked there. I would go to work from two and then go straight to the shop and then I would plant there two to seven. You know, every day, boom, I was there at the shop. Is that shop still around? Yeah, he works with me now. Oh really? Now our relationship has gotten stronger. Uh-huh. Now me and him are not even friends anymore. We're family. Really? Now that's he's my biggest supporter in all this stuff. Wow. It's crazy that he he showed me the ropes. I didn't even know how to change a bulb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know how to really change anything. I didn't know what a bulb was. I didn't know what an intake was. I didn't know what a manifold was. I didn't know where a header was. Yeah. You know? I was trying to sell shit that was basic because that's all I knew. Lanyards, you don't need to know anything about that. You yeah. can sell that. Your shift knob is universal. You can sell that. You know? Yeah. Air fresheners, what kind of car? You don't need to ask what kind of car you have. You know? So I was just making easy money on that. But when I learned the game is when he like put me on like this is what it takes and showed me the back like all the ropes. So then when did it start that you uh you had your own shop? So basically me and him, so basically we had said we're just we're gonna be business partners. We're gonna be we're gonna be together. We're gonna have like kinda like let's say and like I tell people like when you go to Carl's Jr. and the Green Burrito, where are you really at? Yeah. If are you Carl's, at Carl's Jr. Or are you, are you, you know what I'm saying? So we had we had said we had he was like, put your OMO business with my CNC, and we'll put them together. Oh, okay. So we'll be half and half in this shit. Uh-huh. We'll be partners. I'll show you the rope. You'll be in the customer, boom, boom, boom. And it just kind of molded. And we had a small break 
in that time because I had gotten an opportunity with another business that just wanted to hire me. So I went to go over there, but I was unhappy with that shit because mm-hmm. I was a salesman there for real, for real. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't have no part of the say in it. I was just a salesman for him. It's like two, three months, and the, the drive was garbage. Was it the same the kind of stuff? Same car, kind of car, stuff. Car parts? Car related. But this this place had given me a job, so I was like, cool, I'll go over there. But it was just selling a bunch of knockoff shit, and mm-hmm. I was like, man, dude, this is garbage. I don't want to be doing this stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? And then so me and him had some hard feelings when I had left. You know, so yeah. me and him were like naturally along, and just like you know, he felt like, how could you do that to me? And I felt like, well, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, it was just you know, it was about like three months that we didn't talk. That it was just horrible, and I was miserable at the job and everything, you know. So it wasn't until later that we got together and kind of mended things, and we said, look, bro, like you know, we talked it out, man to man. Like this, is how you feel? This is how I feel? We're gonna work things out because we could do damage together as business partners. If we stay together, if we mm-hmm. separate, it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? So we're like, you know, we did it. And then now it just blew up. So when we're in the Upland shop for three years or whatever, and a small back, you couldn't ever, you wouldn't see it. You'd drive right past it. It was a small little square in the hole in the wall. Yeah. To what we have now, basically two years, two and a half years of what we have now is just so much more massive. So that's how you, long you've been at this, yeah, the new location? Two years already. And it, it's in Montclair, Montclair you say? Yep. So how many, uh, how many square feet is the shop? Man, to be honest with you. Because it looks pretty big, man. I was looking at the Facebook pictures that you were posting up. Yeah, There's a lot have, of stuff in there. Yeah, man. We we definitely have. I couldn't tell you square footage-wise because he handles all that stuff. Got I just you. know it's fucking massive. Yeah. And we have we just took over the other garage that was by us. So now we have another garage for storage. So we, we stored six, eight cars. We can fit them and we fit our inventory. That way our front showroom is just everything we have to show. It's a very nice storefront, man. When, yeah, when you walk through it, like everything. Like we... And and a lot of this I have to give credit to him because he maintains all this stuff. He wipes everything down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just sell everything. He yeah. he cleans up the place and organizes it and and stuff like that. So he he does a really good job with that because he's very like picky on where it goes. We just talk about where we want our things to be displayed at. Mm-hmm. So when you walk into our store, you see everything categorized. Got you. Where it's supposed to be, and it just makes life so much easier. You know. Yeah. I mean? Rather than being scattered all over the place. So it's pretty dope. And he still does CNC stuff. Yeah. So CNC is our our wholesale. Okay. And then all my motorsports and my retail stuff. So it's just, it's we, we work together. You're at the same spot. Whether yeah. you message him or you message me, we're in the same place. Got you. So uh, the CNC part of it, is it is automotive parts as well? Or yeah. is it just it's, whatever? It's, it's the same thing. We just, we're the same business. Just That's our name. Okay. <laughs> so that's the name he's held on for since he started when he was 24. That he's held on to. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted because we were going to think of a name of changing it. But it, it didn't, it didn't, I didn't want to let go of mine. He wanted to go his. Yeah. So we just kind of said, fuck it. We'll put it together. Oh, wow. we'll CNC Motorsports. That, that's that's what it is. You know? So that's that's pretty dope. That's crazy, <laughs> man. That Dude, that's a story, bro. You've, yeah. Uh, you've had a journey up till here. Oh, yeah. For sure. It's been fun. <laughs> Shit, dude. And now to be able to like. And and like I said, I like to I like to build these cars up from nothing. Like my S two thousand, man, it was garbage. Yeah, and I got so much hate for it. Like I couldn't even believe it. Like how much people were saying so much negative shit when I bought really. It. And when I bought it, you know, I had put, I had told people like I want to buy a project S two thousand. I'm not trying to buy a really clean one that I'm a fuck up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I'll leave that to some guy who's just gonna leave it alone. You know what I mean? I want some shit that I want to turn some shit into quick. Yeah, you know. So I bought this thing in Palm Springs, an hour and a half away. We drove up to go get it, and man, this thing was just beat beat up from the inside ground up that i turn around in a month you know what i mean that just looks totally better but 
at the end of the day, I just like to express to people that no matter what people say about your vision, how you see things, like you don't have to like always fall into that negative shit because people get so influenced on that, like all that negative stuff that it just sucks. I see it many times. Yeah. People at the shop like, oh, I won't buy that, you know. I won't buy that NRG seat because it's not name brand. Like, mm-hmm. well, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is, you have to be proud of what you can be at least take those stepping stones. Like, yeah. I put NRG seats and I can easily afford a Recaro seat, but why am I going to spend $1,100? Yeah. I could spend 450 or whatever. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. I like to influence all those people. Like, you can, you don't have to get criticized for everything you do. You know what I mean? So at the shop, what kind of, um, what kind of people do you have coming in? Dude, we have, we have awesome customers. I mean, I, I could. I mean, there are some sour ones in the mix, in, in the mix that you're always going to get. But yeah. to be honest with you, like, we have customers that wear all your stuff that goes to stop. They have the hats and really? things like that. They ask about if we hold your stuff. I'm no like, way. No, I don't think he does that. I think he only does that for an out or some guy in Canada. I think I don't know. Yeah, but they ask about it because you're two hours away from all of us before you even touch the people. Yeah, right yeah, out yeah. There. You know what I mean? So for them to get it from you, they'd have to drive two hours up. Most of us don't have cars that last that drive <laughs> yeah. going up two hours up the hill. Yeah. You know. So, most of the time, our people are, man, dude, we have Hondas, Nissans, Subarus, I mean, all types of stuff, like, all that come through there that come for one thing or another, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, I mean, to be honest with you, like, our customers are, are great. I mean, they're, they're, man, I love all of them. That's so And it's cool. It's like, I have, like, almost, I have a, a personal relationship with almost every single one of them. Really? Yeah, but, like, they're cool. Like, I know their life. Like, I see them when they first came around three, four years ago to where they were buying a you know, 97 Civic automatic that could barely drive to, man, they're balling this type of car now. But yeah. every car they had in between, they bought from parts from us to support yeah. us. And those were pretty dope. Is, is uh, in, in your city, is there like a, a Thursday night meet or something like that? Or um, a weekly there's, meet? There's meets like every day, every day. Oh, really? Something over there, out there. Yeah, there's like meets like all the time. There's Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. Do you go out to them still? I don't because I, I just, I, I like to... Um, work on my business or i like to hang out with my daughter and stuff so i, I kind of let that meat stuff go out a yeah while, you know chill back from it do you guys ever have anything at the shop we or- just had my birthday meet um that was pretty dope and then we try to do one or two a month okay just to show off the shop because we like to put new product in it every day yeah every day every day or every week we like to add four or five new products to it and that, you know throughout the year you're gonna yeah. see that man there's just so much nicer stuff in there than you know you're ever used to seeing well, maybe we we'll get some downstar out there, bro. You know, people ask. Yeah, I, t- I tell him. I don't know if he does that. I don't think. I think you promote it. You don't do that. So, well, I was the like, the thing with that is, hard that, yeah, it, it's a lot harder to uh, have a dealer account with us than just another company because I'm like real particular with our with our brand, and um, I just. I want to be able to know the people that are selling our stuff rather than just anybody hitting us up that's going to make the um the buy-in, you know, and then I don't know what's going on with the product. I don't know what kind of people they are, or how they run their business or anything about them. You know what I mean? And I've been to so many shops and people just don't even have any passion. They're just trying to make money and they're just selling whatever is going to get like the the most return on their investment which is cool you know is is if you're a business owner do your thing you know but I have a different um idea of what Downstar represents and I want it to be at the shops where I feel that um those people are actually in the community yeah and you know what's crazy is that like when I had this idea for the shop I, I was broke and I didn't have any money and my buddy Clay would you know, he would be like, dude, you know, I'll help you out. I'll let you get on a layaway plan. I'll still give you it today. I'm going to trust you can come back and play it, you know, or or make it even more affordable for me to be like, oh, I can get it now. And so I returned that favor to a bunch of customers where they're short, like, you know, 30 bucks, 40 bucks or whatever. I'm like, hey, bro, you know, you can come back two weeks from now or you could just tell a friend. How about that? Tell a friend 
that we yeah. helped you out and you can get this part today very and they'll cool. be like dude no way i'm like yeah bro like here i want you guys to know like this is my passion like you know like it, you know what's crazy is that's different like i don't have like you know downs i don't make anything I, yeah. I just sell other people's stuff and that i don't have like you know a specific thing that we make i just i do what everybody else does or what's on the internet and i just sell things you know but i sell things with a passion like i want it, i want people to know like I, I care about the way your car looks i'm not gonna i'm not gonna incite you into something that you buy and something that you're not gonna like or that's gonna just look ridiculous yeah you know, yeah, just yeah just to make the sell just like to make most the sale, places yep. would. you know so i tell people like dude i stand behind what i this this is my name this is my passion this is what i want to do i want you to know that you, the way you're building your car, I want to be. I want you to know I feel the same way, the same way if I were looking at my car, yeah, and how I would build it. I want you to give me your true, honest answer. So, every time people come to my shop, I don't ever force sell nothing. I don't ever, dude. You can take your time. You can spend all day you want here. You know what I mean? Like I don't. You don't have to leave. You don't have to feel like you know what I mean. I, you can feel and get all of our. You know, obviously, if we're busy, I can't spend thirty minutes with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what sometimes it hurts people because it's, I can't give them undivided attention. But we get 10, 20 people in the store, and it's only me and my buddy that run the whole business. Two people. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, it's only me and my buddy, and everybody asks, like, do you hire all the people? And I said, we've hired four or five people. You know what I mean? But they don't have that. That you can't just find that. You know what I mean? You can't just find that drive, that type of things. It's mostly people nowadays. You know, you're worried about you know the hour late. What am I going to get paid? But yeah. You didn't even earn anything yet. You know, you, you walk into a place like, you know, you're like almost like if you deserve it or something. Yeah. Like, Dude, you haven't even earned your stripes yet. You can't just say like, this is what I think I'd earn. I haven't found that from somebody that steps up and says, this is what I want to do. I want to be just like you or whatever. It just hasn't called to me. So therefore, just like how you are with your business, I can't put somebody to my name that's going to represent me that I, don't, that I don't want to represent how I want the business to look. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like in our business, our ways, like, dude, you can't fulfill those shoes. We're not going to kind of lead that way. You know what I mean? Because we don't want our shops to look a certain way. So um, after all that stuff happened with your buddy going to jail and such, did that like, did you have a certain reputation on you for just being involved with that? I did for a little while. Um, and that's why I would go public with people and tell them, you know, I'm sorry for a lot of stuff. I really had no idea. Generally, you know, if I can make it up to you, I will. Um, obviously, I can't get your money back or I can't give you that part because that's just way out <laughs> yeah. of my realm with stuff. But I want you to know the next time if you were to do business with me or if you were to be part of me or come to me for anything else that I would generally try to help you. And not try to like lead you the wrong way where you know most places there are a lot of businesses that just play people just outright dirty all the time. Yeah. Which is I think the main problem with businesses nowadays with storefronts and stuff like that is so many people do people wrong that they'll just turn to the internet. Mm-hmm. Because they're not getting led the right way going somewhere. But then on the internet they're buying something that they don't even know what it is. Yeah. They're just but they're too, they'd rather do that than to get led wrong by somebody else. You know, but I think I believe people put those same passion, just like I say. So many businesses that I go to, I walk around like that. They, they, you know, they're just after the money. They're looking at how much they're going to make right now versus yeah. the, the long life term customer they're going to have forever. Yeah, you know. So the way I see people is like, you know, I'm not going to judge you whether you have money now or whether you have money ten years later. Like it's not. It doesn't matter to me. Like what matters is how you feel now and how you're going to feel with the next ten, four, five, ten, twenty people you're going to meet and how you felt here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like everybody, like I want them to feel like that 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 type of feel. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That, that I got you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Your life's gonna change in the next three years. You might have a kid and might get out of it. you. Don't want to give a shit about your car? Yeah. You know what I mean? But for that extent of time, I want you to know us and tell your friends about us or come back. 
you know, bring your kids here. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, dude. I, I, I can totally relate to that is those relationships that you make with those customers. It lasts a lot longer than just that simple sale that you're going to make there. Yeah. You know, and that's a lot of the reason why we make uh, make it a point to go to these shows and talk to the customers and, you know, check out their cars and just have a simple conversation with them because in turn, they turn into a salesperson for you. Yeah. You know, I have people that will they'll sell down start to their friends mm-hmm. and just for nothing (laughs) yeah just for telling them not they're not getting anything out of it but just that that um time we spent talking together or me just showing interest in what they got going on that meant a lot to them and i i i know it does because like that's that's the reason that i do it i want these people to know that we appreciate the the money that they're spending with us yeah definitely you know and just like you're saying about when you worked at mcdonald's i know that there's a lot of people that that work you know fast food industries or retail or something like that they're not making that much money making maybe 10 15 bucks an hour and if they're buying something from us for 60 bucks, you know, that's literally four hours of their life that they spent working, maybe a job that they don't even like working to afford some hardware from us. And the hardware, they don't even need it. You know, they can yeah. just use the stock hardware that's on their car, but they want to use Downstar because of what it represents to them. And that's how they want to build their their car, you know. So when they shoot me a DM and they'll send me a picture, or they'll tag us in their story like I'm never too good to be like, oh, that looks like shit or whatever. You know, I'm like, dude, this person's stoked that they just got our product in and they installed it. No matter what their car looks like, dude, I, I, I'll post it up. You know, I'll tell them thank you. I do that all the time, man, because this like the only reason these lights are on is because of those customers. Yeah, that's why I tell people too. you know, I tell them thank you. I could live this life and I can quit my job and have this shop run and have, you know, my type R, my and be however I want to be and feel and help you know pay my mom's bills and all that other stuff and still live a really good life due to them yeah you know and that's why i show their same appreciation to all of them you know what i mean the same way um but what's pretty cool is that some people that they work at mcdonald's now and they're like oh one day i'm gonna be like you know I'm like bro you can always change it yeah you know what i mean don't, i gave it five years of my life and i don't blame mcdonald's i thank them yeah definitely because they helped me to supply what i needed to get through it mm-hmm. i don't hate them at all was it a crappy job sure at, at times but you know, what sucks is getting laughed at, you know, because of the title where you work at, you know, mm-hmm. that's you work at McDonald's, you look, you know, like you're, you're less than anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> then if you have like a good warehouse job, you know, whatever it takes, you know, but so I tell people nowadays in my new shop that I'm going to make in the next couple of years, I'm going to own a McDonald's. And it's going to be. There, Hell so yeah. Ironic. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> in my business, I'm going to have a McDonald's. It's going to be ironic. That's I'm going to go from working man. here to owning one yeah. to having one in my shop. How ironic oh. is that? You know, franchise it. There you go. You know. Because the vision I have in the next couple of years, man, I, I, I wish I could make it go fast, but sometimes if you hurry up, it, it costs you. Yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm prepping my life for that. So where do you think all of this drive came from? Is it just the, the, the things that you've gone through in life or was there anybody that kind of inspired you or showed you that there I, I, was I have to possibility? Say, my mom, my mom, my mom, that drives just, you know, you have to do it. There's no, there's, you can't go to the bill collector and say, oh, you know, I was feeling bad all month. You know, I can't pay that. You know, just got to do I, it. You got to just get up. Yeah. You just got to go. Every day you got to go. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you know, you're so lucky. And so, what? But I sacrifice a lot to be every day, Monday through Saturday. I only have Sunday off. All the cool events I don't get to go to. All the things to bullshit around a day on Saturday and go bullshit with a friend I don't get to have. All the Friday nights to just going out here. All that. I give up all that stuff to take trips, to take vacations, to take anything. I can't take no days off. Mm-hmm. Because it's only me and my buddy there. And it's not fair to him to leave him there in a stuck position. It's not fair to him for him to leave me in a fucked position. You know what I mean? So we're sacrificing a lot to build to the bigger picture. And like I tell people, like sometimes people's biggest problems they celebrate too early. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You start relaxing too early, bro. Like that's gonna fuck. That's gonna be the reason why you don't make it. Mm-hmm. And that's I, I tell people all the time, like, bro, I'm happy where I'm at. Like I do what I do. Like yeah, it sucks. Like some of my friends, like dude, they're out in places that I never, I can't even spell. You know <laughs> yeah. <what I> mean? <laughs> and how they do it on the waves, like dude, that's crazy. I couldn't even think about leaving that time out. You know. Yeah. But everybody lives their life different. I'm just planning my life a little bit more different, differently. You're you know? playing the long game. Yeah, I'm, and just like any type of investments for the long haul. You know, to where I have where I'm have my business laid out in the next couple of years or so. Don't worry, in my 30s or something, I'll be I'll be I'll be celebrating. Yeah, I'm just saving all that fun time to make sure that I'm taking care of everything. That yeah, I'm taking care of now. You know, dude, 30s is new 20s, bro. I swear to God, dude. Yeah, that's I'm that. 34 right <laughs> now, and I feel like when I was 24 that I was a child, dude. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that there's really any decisions that I've made kind of in my mid early 20s that besides deciding to go downstar full time, that was really significant. Dude, I was still trying to figure out who I was and what kind of person that I wanted to be as an adult, you know, but as as, as downstar started moving, even when that was moving, you know, I was still going through my own things, my own growing pains. And it was still up to a few years ago. And it's just it's just growth, you know, but when you get into your 30s, that like, I mean, when I was 15, 20, 25, when I would think about like my 30s, I already think about like, I'm an old man, yeah. you know, but I feel younger than I felt <laughs> back then, dude. Yeah, I feel like things are just getting started, you know, so this is like just the beginning of the journey for you, man. Oh, yeah. This is a, I'm only 26, but I feel like I'm 40. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> all the strain and all the things I take on every day, like mentally you know what i mean to, yeah to, to, to go with that stuff man it's crazy i'm excited to see where your journey is going to end up man you still got a lot of time ahead of you oh, a lot yeah. of grinding to go and, and sounds like like you got a good plan going on yeah if man if i could lay it out at green blue book it like, yeah man, it, would, it would be tight you know but I, it's only a vision that i want to make but I make it so far it's coming out pretty good so let, let's kind of uh get into um the family situation again if you don't mind um so you have the business with your buddy. What was his name again? I'm sorry. My buddy Clay. Clay. Shout out to Clay, man. That's dope, mm-hmm. bro. He sounds like a really dope guy, man. Yeah, dude. That guy picked me up so many times before, you know. And when, he was probably the, the biggest influencer I had from leaving McDonald's. Because really? even that little $600 check or something, it was money. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I could I could pay my car with that. I can pay my rent with that. I can have some type of money. I had some type of stability knowing that at least, at least, yeah. at least I have some money, you know. Versus having a leap of faith where, man, dude, if you don't sell, you ain't going to get no money. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and it started off slowly where I was making $30, $40 a day. Like, cool, you know? But to me, I was making happy. I already made my X amount of money by the time it was Friday. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's more money than I've seen ever. Yeah. Like, quick because it was just there, you know? So when he told me, he was like, dude, like all the effort you put into, you know, sustaining your job at McDonald's, put that effort into you. Yeah, and put that much work into you, and wake up and know that when you leave that job, you got to wake up ten times harder to follow this, you know. And the entrepreneurship life is—it's always been part of me. Yeah, I remember in elementary school, I used to sell candies and shit. I, I was—I was always about making money. Yeah, I would—you know—unfortunately, I would—I would go to liquor stores. I would buy you know five dollars worth of you know candies and open the packs and sell them separately, fifty cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would sling shit, you know, and that's what it took to make money and I'd take that money and buy more money and sip it. And it was just always part of me. Yeah, to to buy and sell something. You and that's I mean? cool that he uh, he saw that in you and actually gave you the opportunity. Yeah, because not a lot of people would just open their business. No, or no. if you're in their business, they're going to be like, get out of it. You know, because mm-hmm. you're another reason why they're not making a sale. Yeah. You know, I've, I've reached out to so many people like in business that were in his position that could have told me, yeah, that just turned me down and gave me a cold shoulder or quick. Like, dude, you want to do what? Like, mm. oh, no, bro, you got to get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can't do that or, you know, you can't certain things like that. But, 
he really opened that door and kicked the door open. That's awesome, man. It just, it just cha- changed my life the minute, you know, I grind that out and stuff. So at this point right now, you guys got the shop. Everything looks awesome, man. I encourage you guys to check it out if you're listening right now um, at OMO Motorsports. One word, right? Yeah. Um, underscore motorsports. Oh, underscore motorsports. Check it out. Uh, yeah, you should post some pictures of the of the showroom, dude, just to show the whole thing because yeah. what you had on Facebook, it looked huge, man. It looked yeah, like there's a lot of inventory in there. Um, but uh, let, so let's get back to the family stuff. When did you or did you guys ever um, get back talking your you and your parents? Oh, my parents are like closer than ever now. Sweet. But now I don't talk to my real dad. He's locked up. And oh, I'm really? Like, that I'll, I'll go and know. And then what sucks is I was close to my grandparents from his side. Yeah. And then my grandma had barely, she had passed away um, a couple of years back already. Oh, she wow. She was still pretty young. So I lost all contact with all of them. But um, for that stint of time in my life right there, at least I knew him for that split yeah. second. You know? at so. least, yeah. Yeah. At least you got that. But how, how, when did you get back in contact with your, with your parents? Well, after that, when I first left and that first three months had gone by, I was like, dude, I'm, li- I'm missing out on my brother's life. Like, they don't deserve for me to just go missing. Like, how can somebody just go missing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're still part of their life. You're just part of them. So I would, you know, show up here and there, call them, say, hey, you know, you know, if you ever need anything, I'm still here. I'm not mad at you, you know. Just, to your brothers. To my brothers. Like, I'm not mad at you. I'm always here for you. You know what I mean? Just, I'm just, I'm growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, because I. I didn't have an example to look up to as being the oldest. You don't have like an older brother saying, hey, you're really knocking knock it off. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. better just put your head right. So it took me, you know, how long to screw my head on right to really like view it for what it is. And now my little brother, Richard, he owns his own barbershop already. He's only 22. He had two kids. No his wife. shit. Like, dude, he's killing it right now. My other wow. brother, Nick, became a barber. He works with them. My other brother, Gio, just started school. He just ready to graduate, so he's in school. My other brother, Chris, is about to graduate from high school. Wow. So now, like, we we all feed each other that that type of, you know, method to mm-hmm. grind it out and go get it. So the little joke I, I have with him, I, I say, you can't go outside bullspin, mm-hmm. you know, bullshitting, but you can't go out bullspin. So I tell him, like, bro, what'd you do with your day today? You know what I mean? Like, did you bullshit it away or did you work towards something else? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's pretty cool. My little brother grinded that out and has his own barbershop and he's killing the game since he started his 15 in his garage to have no a barbershop. Shit. Yeah. What's the barbershop's name? It's called Rich and Famous Barbershop. Rich and Famous. Archibald and Tim. Yep. Does he have an Instagram too? Yeah, Rich and Famous Ontario. Dope. Yeah, dude. so he's he's doing pretty good. I mean, he lives well and he he's a lot more responsible with his money than I am. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very uh he's a very uh by the books kind of person, you know. Not, yeah. He he's he, not a joker. <laughs> so how does your family feel now about the success of your shop? It, it. I mean, they. It, I guess you could say they're not surprised by it. Okay. Because they could see it in you. Does that make sense? You're yeah. only surprised by somebody. We're like, oh wow, you know. You're only surprised because you doubted them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Damn, that's a good one, dude. I'm surprised you made it. You know, versus saying like, I'm not surprised. Like I already knew you had it. You're in. only surprised. Would say it again. <laughs> you're only surprised when you knew you made it. When when. But when, when they when, didn't when believe they you. Didn't believe you. Wow, I never heard that one. That's a good <laughs> one, dude. Yeah, that's so true, man. Yeah, so like the guy, the people that get happy for you and stuff like that, or like the people that are secretly that they were doubting you, they're like, no, no, you know, you're not gonna make it, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Oh shit, he did make it. What up, bro? You know what I mean? Like they're your friend. It's different. Wow. <laughs> so they just knew you were gonna make something. They, they yeah, they, they, you know, they have you have, you know, I guess you could say like when you look at somebody, like you have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you have that, and you're like, what do I have? You know what I mean? Like, dude, am I sick or something? <laughs> yeah, have, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. But it's just that that type of characteristic, that personality, that type of openness, or that feel, or something. You know, so some people, you know, just like even being on camera, or being on talking to somebody, or reaching out to somebody, don't have that type of. Uh, 
dude, I'm nervous or I can't do it or I, I can't I do two hour drive to meet somebody I never met or yeah. you know, this type of scenario doing like this. I was, I was contemplating the whole time like, dude, this is crazy, you know, but in order to put yourself in positions of life, you got to take those leaps. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to take those one, two, threes, you know, and it's pretty dope. So I thank you again for putting me on here. It's dude, pretty, I pretty thank cool. you. And there was a lot of people that were like, oh, dude, you're going to be on there because they're not in the position or have anything to share to anybody that can't say, oh, I'm just going to plot ass with you. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing, you know, but it's like everybody does. Like you have that self-confidence in you or what you could do. Like, dude, you know. So it's pretty dope. Yeah, it's awesome, man. This has been such a good story, dude. I, I know a lot of people listening to this, they're going to be able to take a lot of out of it. You know, maybe yeah. somebody is in that, uh, the situations, any of those situations that you were in in the past, whether it was unexpected uh, people passing away, loved ones, whether it was living in your car or, you know, working at a job that you that you knew that that's not where you wanted to be at in life. Like there's somebody listening to this right now that could spark oh, yeah, so, so a many. flame in them and who knows where it can go. And that's one of the reasons that I want to do this podcast because I feel with Downstar, I'm, I'm in such a unique position where I have th these connections that I make with people and I could just reach out to them like, hey, dude, I want to hear your story, you know, and, and you never know who you can talk to. Like when when we talked, I didn't know I didn't know what kind of story you're gonna have, you know, and it, and it turned out to be something more than I even expected, dude. And, it, and it's really motivating to just hear all those things that you've gone through. Like I haven't gone through half the stuff that you have, you know, and, and to see that you're still positive about it and still kicking and you know still motivated that that motivates me. Yeah, dude. And I mean, the way I look at it is like you'd be stressed out about your situation or you can hurry up and get up and do something about it. You know what I mean? Like one or the other. Like every day, like I go to work and every day is working every day. So that's why on Sundays on my days off, I, I apparently I make it and I, I owe that to my daughter. You know, she's two. So I owe that nice. to her to like, dude, I'm gone every day. Six yeah. Days away. I, I, it sucks. You know what I mean? Because like, what can you do? My shop is no environment to have a two year old running around or I can't t I can't rob that from the customer or the feel that they're getting. You know what I mean? All that stuff. Yeah. So on Sundays, you know. I make it. Uh, it's a family thing. I'm not. I'll turn my phone out. I'm not answering nobody. You know yeah. I mean? Like I can't. Like, I'm sorry to all you guys, but you know my daughter's here and all that other stuff. So I make it up to her and stuff. So I try to prep her for her own business because I, I like jewelry stuff. Mm -hmm. and that's like a hobby of mine. I oh like really? I like. I love jewelry. Okay. Shoes, jewelry, fashion. Like everybody gets swarmed up into that stuff. They yeah. always want to look cool, you know. So I started up a little jewelry page that I uh, started buying and selling jewelry, and. I haven't focused on it as much lately because my primary business is what I don't lose focus on. So that's just a hobby. That's that I could do good right now or not do good or not do anything. Yeah. But I still have it. You know what I mean? So I still, I like that. So I started a business where I would buy this jewelry stuff and then rent it out to local rappers so they can use it in their music oh, video and stuff shit. like that. Yeah. So I no would just way. tell them, okay, cool. How long you need the stuff for? Two, three hours? Okay, cool. hundred bucks, 150 bucks, whatever. Rent it. You know, because in every music video, what makes you is your stand out. You got all the chain. You know, you're doing good. You know what I mean? <laughs> so all the local rappers, I, wow. put that, I put that together to yeah. rent it out to them. The music video, you know, just put me in the video and tag my page and let me be in the background. Really? Yeah. So I would just, that was, I like music. I like, you know, all that yeah. stuff. I like, you know what I mean? I just, the, the way I saw the business was I buy all this stuff, let you rent it from me. I still get to keep it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so uh, like a lot of, you know. That's super cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to figure out some way to get into the the music industry, not to like sell stuff or anything, but that's one of my biggest hobbies, you know, is just appreciating music and listening to music all the time and just being part of that culture, you know, whatever's going on in, in music. Like I I usually know what's going on at whatever time, whether who's who's beefing with who, who's got an album coming out, 
whatever who has a concert somewhere wherever and then that's like i want to be part of that too yeah music music is dope the only problem is i, I man my day is filled with just me like yeah. I, I don't even see what the hell is going on in music world i think the biggest guy i followed was six nine. Oh really <laughs> he was like my favorite singer and yeah everyone talks shit about me like i bought his sweaters his albums his daughter all that shit i liked his music he was to me yeah he reminded me of like a newer version of dmx uh-huh it's just hype you know what i mean just hype i don't give a shit about what he's saying or claiming anything he says i just like this music it made me uh, it was hype music yeah but when he went down and stuff like that sucks so it know. makes it hard to support him now dude because just from like a, a man stand up standpoint you know what i mean like yeah. the whole snitching thing like that that bothers me a lot but i mean the music i still love it yeah dude. And, and that's how far i go into it. i just go for the music i don't go for what you stand for what you believe. yeah i don't yeah, follow yeah. you in that aspect i like you for your music not for like what you did or anything yeah nor am i saying i believe you like dude my life i'm so distracted with just me and what we're doing at the shop and the, I, my eyes are very closed like instagram is such a big world and oh you follow this you follow this you too like i don't even know who the hell that is yeah you know what i mean but i just want people to like to do that for the shop so i focus every day to just put on the shop and put it out there you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. focus on me like how's it gonna help me get to the bigger picture of what i'm trying to create yeah. here, you know what i mean before i get distracted off something else like this because i could fall i do many things like that where my buddy clay is like dude wake up bro like you're falling too far into it like, oh really shit. like yeah he, he straightens me out quick like he hate he calls it putting out my fire like about that you know what i mean He's yeah like, bro i hate to do it to you bro but you need to wake up i'm like dad dude you're right bro i was getting distracted and i'll be like, oh shit i was letting go this side this side going down and then i was focused on something that wasn't had anything to do with business like whether it's, uh -huh. whether it's music or getting followed in, he would just straighten me out. Like, dude, we need to get here. Yeah. All the stuff you're doing over there ain't helping us get here. You know what I mean? So we, we do it to each other and to help motivate each other because we are the, the rocks of our family. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we pretty much vent to each other how we feel versus put the pressure on our parents his, or his wife. His yeah. Kids, or take it out on anybody else. You know what I mean? Or bring their problems to know. So basically, you got to look like you got no problems. Yeah. <laughs> you got to look like you don't live a life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you just do work and everything's great. You know, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind doors that me and him just help each other out. So we have Dude, that's dope, man. That's you know? that's dope that you guys have each other to lean that on. That is our... I guess that's, you could that's say that's your therapy, therapy right you know there. I mean? Yeah, no, definitely, man. So, you know, we have our sessions where he's like, bro, I got to get something off the chest. All right, what you got? Boom, boom. Oh, bro. You know, 30 minutes after, we're like, dude, I feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't have to take that stress on and go tell her so and so. I don't have to tell nobody else. You know, I'm good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel good. No, I feel you on that one, dude. And and it's really hard. I mean, for you guys, that, that works out perfect because you're in the trenches together. And you you know what goes into running a business and yeah you and know. it's a lot and it was crazy that he allowed me to even come here today to even do that like hey bro you know what I mean I'm a man of the fort like dude that's dope go out there and go go preach it go do it for us and go go out and go get it. I'll cover the shop as good as I can oh man and and you I know how much work it is to only have one guy there because we can get 20, 30 people in quick quick three four cars we get deliveries of parts we get tires coming in we got parts coming in we got sales selling yeah. we got dude, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, so for one person to handle all that pressure to allow me to have, you know, a two, three hour, well, it's more than four hours because yeah. it's four hours just to get back, you yeah. know what I mean? But to cover that, he's like, bro, you know, one day, you know, you'll see that, you know, you have to step forward in order to get us out there, you got to take those, so he, you know, I appreciate him for that, and Yeah. all the stuff of, of doing that, you know, to allow me to be here, to even be with you, to be on this, and I told him the idea, he thought it was awesome, he's 47, yeah. so, so he, he, he listens to podcasts, but he's into metallic music and stuff like that, so, He's not really big on the camera. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be on the camera. Yeah. Leave me off the loan, you know, just, I, just I'm good. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's like, bro, you're good. You know, you enjoy that. You like to be on the camera, whatever, you know, that's really dope for you. you I'm not going to rob that from you. I'm going to help you to be on the show. I was like, dude, I really want to be on it. It's dope. It's tight. You know yeah. I mean? So he made, he, that's another way he can make it happen for me to be able to be here with you. That's really, to really be on cool, here, man. To ha have my back. So yeah. I know if I was going to do the same, I, hey, bro, go ahead. I got it, bro. Like, boom, you could do it. Yeah. But just know, we know the stress levels that comes with 
taking that break off. Yeah. I mean? Wow, dude, that's dope, bro. It's it's really good to have somebody like that in your corner. Yeah, because they want you to win. You know what I mean? They don't want you to. He doesn't feel sour about it. He don't, bro, you know what I mean? Do it. You know, he lived his 20s and shit like that. He was a millionaire. Yeah. You know what I mean? He did really? all that stuff. Yeah. He, he was, dude, his story is crazy, bro. His story is nuts. He'd be another one to tell you, man. And he don't, he don't like, I try to tell him like, hey, bro, we got to record. We got to put things on YouTube. We, not only for the for people to watch it, but for your kids to watch it, mm-hmm. to know who you are, you know, because that's going to live there forever. You know, you got to tell how you feel now in this time, yeah, this moment. Yeah. You, know, you got to capture that moment of that time, you know. So I, that's why I post all my shit on our YouTube channel, even though we're not the biggest in the world. I'm going to look back at the 20, 30 years and I did that. I was, you know what I mean? There Hell was, yeah. That, that, my daughter, that how I felt like, dude, there it goes. You know what I mean? There there it is. You want to know how I felt when I was 25? Go watch yeah. it. You know what I mean? Where I'm at now is totally different, you know, but I like to, that's why I tell him to tell his story, man. His story is nuts, bro. Like if you, if you could hear his story, you'd be surprised he'd take himself out. Really? Yeah. He's a whole nother one. I'll, no I'll tell you a glimpse shit. of it. He found his dad when he was 15 hanging, bro. No shit. Yeah. He found his dad when he was 15 years old hanging in his garage. Wow. Dude, 15 years old, his his mom and dad let out to Texas, left him in California dry because he didn't want to go, he didn't want to leave California where he grew up with his dad. He held on to that. Wow. Yeah, and then so he's 15, all alone, all his aunts. He don't have family, bro. He don't have nobody. Stayed out here. So what the hell did he do at 15? At 15, he got a job at um, sweeping floors and doing stuff in mechanic shops, got involved with cars, and he started off with a detailing business. Yeah. Because you don't need to be any age to be a, a detailer, you know what I mean. So you can, he started hustling. Oh jobs shit! And, shit, and then he made it. And by the time you're he got, right, yeah, because you can. My little brother's 15. He started a detailing business. I support him in that. Wash yeah. my car, do that. That makes a little bit of money. That's what you could do while mm-hmm. still going to school. But so, 15, you know, he dropped out of high school. He didn't have got a diploma. None of that stuff. He, all that stuff out the window. You know what I mean? So he stayed out here. Started washing cars. Started meeting people. And people gave him a job, and he would just, you know, work at this little uh, Volkswagen shop and clean stuff up and then run parts and deliver parts and things like that, you know, and get involved in it. And then the guy he was working for told him to save up your money. He saved up $10,000. By the time he was 24, opened his business, gave it his go. And he opened a shop in Pomona. Then he had two shops. And then he had, dude, if you see his shop back in the video, Google it, man, massive, bro. Like, I'm talking about clowning shit. Like, dude, like, he had a shop that you used to call, like, Almost like if you go to like Summit Race and you walk inside. Yeah, massive, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had one of those before our world. Wow. And then when the economy crashed in 2008, it was kind of when everything went down. But, you know, survived. The, he didn't give his dad, his dad the excuse to why he's going to throw his life away and shit. But that's another horror story for him to tell how he felt. But that that's just what I take in from him. And that's why we're like... And what's so crazy is that our middle names are the same and our birthday dates are the same. No shit. Okay, his, mine's April 15th, his May 15th. But it's 15th, yeah. and we're both the same middle name, which is nuts. We're no like the same shit. person in different decades. Mine's April 13th. Oh, that's crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost wow. really close, which is, which is totally nuts. You yeah. Know I mean? like, yeah, that's crazy. Wow, dude, you got, a, you got a crazy story, bro. Yeah, that's why I like to, I like to tell people about it. and I, I have conversations with people at the shop for like two hours, and like, we're just talking. <laughs> yeah. We're just talking cars, and we're like, oh, shit, we've been here a while. You know? Yeah. Or when we're, when we're installing their cars, parts, and stuff like that, they're just watching. You know, so when you walk into our shop, we have video racing videos going on. We got that feel going on. You got parts here. You want to make your car go fast. Even if you're not into cars, you just want to do something to your car now because you just walked in here. Yeah. You know, I like that environment, that type of stuff to make you encouraged to do that. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what we're here for. Damn, dude. That's that's awesome, bro. I want to make it out to the shop one of these days. Yeah, bro. It's pretty dope. If I'm ever in that area, I'll definitely hit you up. Come check it out, dude. That's uh, 
This is a really crazy story, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, a it's a good story, and it and it uh it has a good ending to it, and I'm excited to see yeah. uh, where things go from here. And um, like I said, bro, I really appreciate you coming out. I know, I know, I know from working, you know, uh, not having that many people working at the shop, and then having to take a day off, like you have to move things around. And I appreciate your time for real, yeah, man. Bro, the, 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 there's, you know, the the way the reason I say. That you, you take advantage of what opportunities come in front of you is like when I saw Will Smith's story, and I watched his story about how he even got the role of Prince of Bel Air. That changed my life right there. The minute I saw that video, because he's getting approached about the director is like saying that you know we can do it in ten minutes, and then he's and then Will Smith's trying to schedule for next week or whatever, and then he, the other guy tells him like, okay, cool, as long as the position's still there, you know, you don't want it, blah blah blah. And then one guy goes up to him, he says, opportunity presents itself. You got ten minutes to get ready if you want to take the opportunity to change your life. Boom, changed his life, became the role, and ended up hitting, and now it's over. Yeah. Dude, like that opportunity, they only present yourself so many times, you'll take advantage. It's not going to be. You just got to be advantage. ready. You just got to be ready. Anytime opportunity jumps, presents itself. Like when he told me, I was, dude, I'm going to figure out schedule. Boom, boom, I'm there. I appreciate you it, man. I mean? That's dope. Like I like to be not just like how you are, just like how anybody else is, to, to tell people my story, not only to influence them, but be part of it, to be part of the community. Because we're only, dude, when you look at the world, we're a small part of it. That yeah. Really isn't into cars, you know what I mean? But in our world, we're a big, we're a big deal. You know what I mean? But you walk around, you really. <laughs> you know I don't think, I don't think people really understand that. Um, just think about like your 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 brother, your friend, or something that's not into cars. Like none of this matters no, to no, them. Nothing. This... And I don't even know how the hell they go around in life. You know, <laughs> yeah. Not, not worried about a car part or something. Yeah. You know, I'm worried about you know putting a roll cage and a turbo. <laughs> and they're like worried about you know getting their hair done and going to a baseball game. You know? Yeah. Like, I know how do you we just care about something different? We're like, you know, like anybody else who just I love cars. I love to build cars. I like to show things from the bottom up and and build it. That I just can't go a day without thinking about car parts. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which is nuts. I sell all of them, so I'm surrounded by it every single day. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. But I want to just you know, it's the same for our culture of people that are into actually doing that passion, man. That passion, you could just see it, dude. It's just um, undeniable, you know. And yeah. it's and it's no surprise to see. Where, where your brand's at and where you've come from because of that passion. I mean, anything can happen from that. Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, hopefully people listening to this, they get motivated and they do something, man. Any any last words? Um, any other sh- than I guess I always use the caption of dreams to reality. You got to take a vision and make it a reality. I can go from – I haven't owned a McDonald's yet, but I'm going to go from working on one that made me something to owning one having my platform so at the end of the day you can't let the negativity bother you or get so swelmed up and it's so much easier to be negative yeah so much easier to just be down and, and just be just everything sucks. why me you know what i mean the why me's and stuff like that so like me and my buddy always just go into like dude that's a whole nother story for why you know what i mean just just focus on what's going to make your future better focus on what's going to help put you in a better position and i can't thank you enough for having me on here it's pretty dope it's like dude, it's, it's like you. it's like it's like a, it's like for me the way it feels like my biggest step into getting to be i guess you could say how people call it somebody yeah it's just having a platform to say i just did this and i did that and i did it and i went here it's part of the storyline so like this is going to lead to the next bigger things and i'm going to go back and do that i was with frank bro and I was, <laughs> the first time i did it when i first started and 10 20 years later here i am you know what i mean it's like a step it's like telling a story yeah it's like telling your whole story you're just making your benchmarks everywhere boom 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 you yeah know what I mean? so it's pretty dope dude i'm excited to be part of it man i'm excited to just have you here i can't wait for this to get out man for people to yeah, here i think i know that we're gonna cool. get some really good feedback on yeah it. i know it's pretty cool for everybody like it, when i first saw you i was like oh, man dude the guy like how you approach somebody because you know and, and being this guys in the car I mean, how do you just approach somebody without being considered like a, you're a fanboy or something yeah like, yeah like, yeah dude how do i just tell you like hey bro like you're just dope you know what i mean like, how <laughs> do you tell you, another man. guy that you yeah know what i mean like 
it's so weird because the way that the society makes you look nowadays and all that stuff you can't i guess fanboy over or yeah girl over or something i just want to tell people like dude when you just meet these people because obviously you come off as somebody different than what you really are before you really get to know them yeah it's 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 I, I, once you break that that code and once you start valuing people like that you can you can see what they are you know what i mean you come a lot farther because I, I was always sheltered i was never as this talkative or this open with people i was always very quiet yeah but Dude, you have way more opportunities in your life. You just speak up. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just open your voice. Like, dude, you're there. You know what I mean? You're right there. You're right there. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Dude, hell yeah, bro. <laughs> so um, before we go, um, just give out your socials where people can find you at and then the info of the shop too again. Yeah. So we're in Montclair, uh, 5438 Holt Boulevard, Montclair, California. Instagrams, you can use a OMO underscore motorsports or Team CNC motorsports. One of those two. Either way, you reach the team CNC Clay, you're talking to Clay, you're talking to me, but at the end of the day, you come to both of us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Sweet, man. Oh, and, and just, uh, man, I'm going to try to prep something for the next five years of my life, okay? I'm going to say something on here now, and hopefully in the next five Let's years. Let's do it. it. Okay, okay. So in the next three to five years from now, I predict, this is where I predict my life, and hopefully I'm right, because when we talk about this moment and want to go Let's back to five years. Okay. So real quick, if you can imagine this this is this is our our dealership. This is our our car parts. This is our where we sell cars. We have the Type Rs and Civics, all that shit for sale. Physical cars, right. cars. Where's our car dealership? Okay. Right next to it. We're gonna have our shop, how we have set up now. All the car parts, all accessories, and then we're gonna have our maintenance department and our mechanics. You're gonna buy the car from us. You're gonna put it together how you want it. You're gonna finance it all, and you're gonna get it built, and you're gonna pick it up at like six o'clock later that day. No done. shit. And the service and everything is going to be all done in our mechanics. Wow. We're going to be our own dealership, our own community for our world. Yeah. Because you can't just go to Jiffy Lube and, oh, what the fuck? You know what I mean? You can't do that. You can't trust people like that. Mm-hmm. We know exactly what you're working on. Or if you want your car to get maintenance by us or you want somebody to know what they're talking about, we're going to have experts and everything. Experts in Subaru and Nissan and Honda and all that specific. So when your car mm-hmm. goes there, you're going to go to that specific person and get this thing done to it. Yeah. And just buy your car from us, fix it up with us, maintenance with us one massive dealership and hopefully i can brand out my branch and then brand out and have like and be like the o'reilly's and AutoZone of our world yeah that's what i want to be wow that's that's where hopefully i am in the next five years dude congratulations that's, that's bro. where hopefully i'm yeah at. i mean you know how to make it you just gotta hustle and make that shit happen yeah so that's a big yeah. dream but i'm excited dude i'm so excited three, to look three back to five and... years mark my words <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't work out don't find me now <laughs> dude hell yeah bro any last minute shout outs um Clay, my parents, my daughter, every everybody in my life that's important now. And yeah. it's just just all my brothers, everybody, and everybody who stands behind me, all of our customers. Frank, thank you for having me on here again. Thank everybody you. Everybody around that continues to sort the brand. Remember, OMO stands for on my own. That's how I did it. You have to do it on your own. You have to go out and get it. Make your life a dream to reality. Yeah. Boom. That's it, man. <laughs> Drew, thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. OMO Motorsports, episode 65. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow his Instagram. Go check him out. And uh, support, man. You got to support the dream. You know, we're all here hustling, man. You got to support those that are trying. Yep. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, have a good day. Peace. See you guys later.